0: to the Batman Universe commentaries brought to you by the batmanuniverse.net join the staff of the batman universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the cape crusader from his extensive media library
1: Welcome to the Batman Universe Commentaries, where, you guessed it, we're going to talk about The Dark Knight Rises. I've leaned this one. My name is Donovan, and today I am joined by...
2: This is Joe. This is
1: Melinda. And this is Ed. And we are going to do a commentary on the latest and greatest Batman movie to hit the cinema or the theaters, depending on which side of the planet you live on. This is The Dark Knight Rises. This is the final in the Christopher Nolan Christian Bale triumvirate of Batman movies. As we are recording, it's only been out, you know, it's been released since around six or seven months. So it's been out on DVD for less than a month, if if even that. So uh, it's fairly fresh in people's minds. But before we actually get into the commentary, do we want to start? Talking about our general feelings going into it and what were you thinking about going into the, seeing it for the first time?
2: I think everyone knows who's listened to the Batman universe for a while that I'm not the greatest fan of Christopher Nolan, especially not The Dark Knight. That started to change, I guess, somewhat. I've started to try and watch it in a different light, but I didn't have high hopes, but I was still excited to see this. I detest Anne Hathaway, so I was not looking forward to seeing her at all, but. Was I pleasantly surprised, or did I leave the cinema in a rage? We'll find out.
1: Did The Princess Diaries discuss you that much? Is that why?
2: It was was number two, really. uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) The most offensive sequel ever. That I never saw.
0: So what what we have here is that Joe actually sat through The Princess Diaries number two. Even I didn't do that. I was really excited going into this, because this was really one of the first... Yeah, it was actually, I think, the first... Batman movie I saw in the theaters And I got to go into it With all of the lead up from TBU and everything like that So I was super excited to go see it Went and saw the midnight screenings I really didn't have The qualms that Joe had with casting Because I had seen Anne Hathaway, I think I'd seen her in Alice in Wonderland And I was like, well, she was terrible But that script was pretty terrible So (laughs) I'll give her the benefit of the doubt so I was really looking forward to this when I saw it. And like Joe, I will let you find out whether or not I really enjoyed it.
1: I like how Anne Hathaway is the make or break part of the movie that we're going into this with so
3: far. I went into it thinking that, you know, The Dark Knight is one of my favorite Batman movies. Definitely my favorite, to be honest. And I went into it thinking that I was probably going to be let down because there was no way it could live up to The Dark Knight or the hype. And you'll see what I think about it.
1: Now, Ed, what's your general take on the recent Batman movies is, it seems like now that time's gone by, people seem to realize they really like it or just say it's, you know, b- betrayal in a new light. How do you feel about the overall trilogy?
3: I think that the Nolan trilogy is easily my favorite superhero genre films and some of my favorite films. I, I actually quite like it, but I'm also someone who's not too over heavy on continuity and I've always enjoyed different takes on the character. And I like the series because there's a lot of nods, and especially in The Dark Knight Rises, to other comic book Batman story arcs so I always liked the nods and I really enjoyed them
1: oh yes we'll definitely get into that
3: it's easier now that we
1: have the DVD for us to point it out because I think I forgot about a thousand we were doing this special but you can find that in my mistakes in the Dark Knight Rises review that we did several months ago But that's not what we're doing here. We're doing the commentary. So if you're rolling with us, you'll have the DVD and you will be paused at 0 It's in between the Piracy is a Crime, You Should Feel Bad for It scene and the Warner Brothers logo. This is a two-hour, 44-minute movie. And on the count of play, I'll give a countdown. We'll start the movie. So as per usual, grab your food, grab your drinks, grab your... Stuff that you typically bring when we go on these wacky adventures with the movies, and in three, two, one, play.
3: This motion picture is PG thirteen. Did not know that.
1: Rated R for
3: rar. Yeah, I just realized I didn't have any idea what the the rating is on, on movies. Now that I'm grown up, I don't. Don't look at ratings at movies anymore. Just go.
0: You don't have to worry about it anymore. That's the best part about being an adult.
3: You know the lie your parents. Totally, just go. Absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, I don't think they're ever
1: going to have a Batman movie that's actually rated R. I think that would that wouldn't be all that fun.
3: No, I think Warner wouldn't. I mean, it'd be tough to market, sell your kids our toys, but you can't take them to see the movie unless you know. Yeah. And there's our new DC Comics logo, which I quite like. I know no one else does, but
0: Yeah, I don't. But <laughs> it's here. <laughs> well, it looks like they had a trial version of Photoshop and they're like, okay, we it expires at midnight. We gotta do this. I recently you
1: did could- a commentary for Batman and Robin, so seeing this this that signal in ice is actually kind of interesting. Oh, I never thought about that. Huh? It's clearly a callback to, to Schumacher.
3: Flashbacks.
1: Do you think they recorded this when they recorded uh, The Dark Knight, or was this an additional scene for this movie specifically? Because I got the sense that like this was a cut part of the, that movie.
3: I think it could have been either, to be honest with you. I'm sure they had to pay out some royalties to uh, the guy who played Mr. Dent there just to put him in the movie, though.
1: He said he wanted to come back, but no one says, no, 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 you're dead, <laughs> and I say so.
3: Yeah, you're dead, dude. <laughs> Dr.
1: Paul, My brother informs me that 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 CIA guy there is from Game of Thrones, so I'll pretend to know what I'm talking about when I say he's from Game of Thrones.
3: He is from Game of Thrones. Ah, excellent. Who saw this uh,
1: scene in the as a preview in the theaters before the movie actually came out? Because they had that this playing uh, for Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol as a as a five minute intro.
3: I actually got to see it on IMAX, uh, and was the only reason I went and saw the Mission Impossible movie was to see this preview. So I, I scared my wife into, to go into to see Mission Impossible without telling her what my real motive was, which I paid for later.
1: It's a lot of money for an IMAX showing specifically.
0: And I refused to go see any of the Mission Impossible movies, so I did not see it, and I did not look at it beforehand.
2: I think I'm in the same boat as Melinda. There. That
1: was actually a good movie, but... Uh, This this was awesome to see in IMAX. I I was blown away by this. I'm kind of used any, to it now.
3: Does anyone else find it incredibly odd that the CIA put guys in the plane without taking their hoods off and checking who they were?
1: Shut up.
0: I Shut up. I well, I don't, I don't know. I have a pretty low opinion of the CIA, but I'm from Canada, so... <laughs> Canadian intelligence. Hey, CSIS could take you down.
1: If only John was here to point out all the plot holes and say he hates everything.
2: I'll be filling that place tonight, don't you worry.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no one cared who I was before I put on. Do
1: we want to talk about Bane's voice now or save it till later?
2: Well I do know that it's it feels really um I'm trying to think of the word, but it's not, not like out of place. It just it feels like it's all around ambient is the word I'm looking for.
1: Like it's through a it, loudspeaker?
2: I, I know that you obviously can't see where the voice is coming from because his mouth is covered but it is odd especially watching the cinema when you have the huge speakers behind you and it feels like he's kind of you don't know where he's talking from i know they I, uh they changed the voice as well I've, even from the early trailers you uh, can recognize that they've changed it and i know that was because they felt it was i guess too you can understand it enough but
1: well uh, i know in the preview for a fact that it was definitely a lot more Rough, and it was, compl- it was they did change it. There's no question about that. And as someone who liked the preview, it was legitimately difficult to hear what he was saying. So the dialogue is exactly the same, but the inflections are a lot more audible. Um, I actually kind of like the, the sense that his voice kind of comes from everywhere, because I think it's pretty cool for a supervillain. But I, it's, it's, your mileage may vary on that one. I heard people not, li- I heard people say that that's the reason why they don't like it, but I, I don't have a problem with any of the voices in this, in this movie series. I know everyone seems to, do, but I'm a very, I'm a very forgiving person when it comes to uh, these particular Batman movies.
3: They did improve have... it. Oh, go go ahead. ahead. i was gonna say they improved it. since A guy who saw the preview. When I saw the the preview part of this, the first five six minutes, whatever it was, I couldn't understand what Bane was saying. Same here. I mean, I mean it was it was dramatically better when the actual. I was I was actually concerned after seeing the preview because I'm like, I can't I can't understand this guy. And then it was a lot better when the actual movie came out.
0: And I was just going to say, the first time I heard him speak in the movie, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, Like, (laughs) it was like, are you serious? But the next sentence out of his mouth, I was like, I'm sold. I'm in. Um, But I was actually, when I was thinking about it earlier today, I realized it kind of reminds me of Sean Connery's voice. I've heard that before. Just a little. It
3: does have a little connery to it doesn't my, it? my brother
1: he, he i think it was on superhero hype someone he said that someone described it as dandolph pushing furniture which made me laugh but this shot was incredible i love this i love this scene i'm watching the records brother
3: that, that's one thing that you get right in this first scene is the cinematography in the movie is is amazing the way it's I, shot I thought
1: I was I was for sure that this was like CGI or something, but I looked like, you know, after the movie came out, this all is real or at least like the like, taking apart the plane is completely real. This shot right here is amazing. <laughs> I was so and in IMAX. I, I I couldn't read. It was it was incredible. Excellent way yeah. to start the movie.
3: Now, did everyone get to see this in, in an IMAX theater as well as a regular theater?
1: I saw it the third time in IMAX. The first two times I was relegated to the Peon's Theater.
0: I think the second time I watched it in an IMAX. The first one was in one of those AVX theaters.
2: I I also managed to see it in uh, IMAX, fortunately. I thought it was amazing
3: how... I I got to see it in both. I thought it was amazing how the IMAX seemed to add so much more to the movie, though. I saw Dark
1: Knight in IMAX, so it it was like an obligation to go back.
3: Now here's this aspect ratio thing that is—that's I I, I, one thing I didn't understand how it would go in and out of the IMAX aspect ratios throughout the movie.
1: I did notice when I saw it in IMAX, whenever they would change, it was very visible if you there noticed. She
0: is. <laughs> Joe, calm down, breathe, deep breaths.
3: Did you see The Princess Diaries 2 in IMAX? Or just a regular theater? <laughs> it's on 3D.
4: <laughs> 3D IMAX. <isn't> that a- <laughs> I murdered him cold blood.
1: I wonder why they're having this. I guess Wayne's just hosting this. Yeah, This is the first movie I've ever seen Hannah Hathaway and I've always been aware of her, but like you'll see when when she talks to Bruce Wayne, like I was blown away. By, she's my favorite part in the entire movie, so there's going to be a lot of Joe Donovan, hate
3: going around.
0: Yeah, Ed, we're just here as referees.
3: No problem. We can we can fulfill that role. Absolutely. Two Face. You know what
1: I like in this movie? It's Everyone's wearing girls. Well, I, I like uh, it's kind of ironic now considering how the new Fifty Two changed Gordon to make him all young and hip and sexy, but like in this movie, you get the sense that he's significantly older and his hair is graying, like the traditional. Commissioner Gordon. So I find that ironic that once this movie come out, it's it's, it's a lot more classic, and the current Gordon the comics a lot more chasing Batman begins, in my opinion.
2: Now, how do you feel, guy? How do you guys feel about the fact that Batman has not been active for is it eight years? I have. A- I it's a nod, I guess, to Dark Knight Returns, but at the same time, that was to do with government acts. He was getting older. And he can no longer operate as Batman. Whereas this is, he lost someone like his girlfriend, essentially, well, my and they kind of gave up.
1: My take on this is not so much that he stopped because Rachel was dead, because he was that was halfway through Dark Knight spoilers, and he continued the fight. So, to me, and I'll I'll bring this up later on because I get I get the impression that like they say that his last reported sighting was that night Harvey Dent died, but. To me, I got the impression that he continued on for uh, like a, a little bit until it was clear that either crime was gone or he, he couldn't do much else. Because the Batcave is rebuilt, specifically. And the reason why he didn't move on as Bruce Wayne was because Rachel died, but he didn't give up Batman because Rachel died. He kind of gave up being Batman because he was an outlaw. Or he was like, you know, a pariah. But we can get into because it. It's not explicit, but I, I think it's ambiguous to look at either way.
2: Yeah, but then it depends whether you think that that same Batman would do, give up being Batman just because...
1: Yeah, I know.
2: (laughs) I I mean, I I never thought that he'd take the fall for it either, but...
3: I never understood. That That was, you know, The Dark Knight, to me, was a great movie until that, and this is unfortunately so true with so many movies or comic books. It was really, really good until the very, very end. I don't see there's any way in the characterization that Bruce would, would take the fall for Harvey Dent.
1: I think he would, but I, I has, I question him giving up. And I think that like, that's why I kind of go on the idea that like, that didn't make him quit, but after a while he stopped because that lie made Gotham better in the end.
3: But why wouldn't they just, I mean, I, why wouldn't they just blame him on the Joker? The guy's been, been killing people for like three weeks straight. Cause he didn't do it. We needed a Batman. I mean, just, no, Granted. but, yeah, but to Joe's point, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he did as far as the storytelling, but I don't, you know, know if I'd buy that he would just shut it down.
1: I will say that I think that eight years is a bit too long. I think it's a little bit uh, arbitrary. Uh, Oh, here's a here's a here's my favorite uh, reference to Green Arrow, considering Bruce's beard in this scene. (laughs) I I thought it was a nice way to introduce Bruce Wayne as like this Howard Hughes wretch of a like right here coming up. (laughs) I think Anne Hathaway does a great acting job here, switching from one role to another.
2: Oh, I can guess I can uh, commentate how I was watching this the first time. I was going like, "I hate you! I hate you so much! Why? Why are you in this film? Why do you exist? Why are you here?" And then uh, when she does the switch, like, oh, "Okay, I get it now." <laughs> I I actually I like her in this film. I I think it. Goes along with the fact that I I still don't like her as a person. Like, well, as an
1: did you meet her? What
2: happened? <laughs> no, as in as an actress, I don't. There's something about her personality that I just don't like. I love this. But, oh, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's I think everything that I don't really like about her goes into Catwoman and how she plays her so well that like I completely buy it, and I okay. really like her. I mean, like I, I was never one of those people who went into it thinking, oh, no, she's never going to be as good as Michelle Pfeiffer because Michelle Pfeiffer was a completely different person. And I, I get that, like, when people saw Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker and stuff and they were saying how much this is going to suck and then, obviously, Chris Nolan turned it around and right. everyone loves him.
1: Well, this, um, I'd say, is a lot more, like, this, to me, is, like, pitch-perfect Catwoman from the comics. Like yeah, that, that's right. I think.
2: she's Honestly, she's probably my favourite part of the movie as well because she's so... Close True. to the comics, I think.
1: It's rather psychological of <laughs> you. We also... I think people tend to complain that this Batman isn't seen as much of a detective. But I think, you know, right here is very implicit that he's... He's very deductive in finding out what she was doing there.
2: Yeah. I think it's just on a whole though that it would be difficult to show him being too much of a detective. Without the Sherlock
1: scans.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's an, unfortunately it's a, it's a Hollywood movie. So it's going to have to be action based. Right. I mean, you can only make detective works look so exciting, you know?
1: I will admit in the dark night when he was actually doing detective work to find out the Joker's gun, I did kind of, my, my interest started to wane when I first saw it. So that's proof in the pudding.
3: Yeah, it's just it's, – it's how do you make it even even in comics, it's typically one panel with a lot of exposition, you know? Right.
1: Or <laughs> in the 60s show, is it's crappy riddles.
3: Uh, yeah, or the the bat analyzer or whatever he's using that way. I mean, what did you guys think of, of John Blake's character as was the first time we kind of see him pop up on screen here? Or what were you guys expecting out of his character going into the movie?
0: I, th- I think I was expecting what we got—a character that really served not as a sidekick, but as a sidekick without being called one.
3: Talking a Robin. Spoilers. Yeah, I, I, th- I think he's. Uh, yeah, I think he's exactly what you would get when Christopher Nolan does a sidekick. Right. I agree. I, mean, I agree. It's a lot more mature in its in its
1: approach. But I think that, like, and this this is a part of what, that I like about how they used the character in, in the overall story. I think that the story of Batman kind of needs that type of character, honestly, because it completes the idea of the concept. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah. I mean, Robin's been around since a year into Batman's, like, whole entire history, and he hasn't not been in it since, so... I get why, like, the young kid would be difficult to do in a film, but I think it probably can be done if tackled right. But uh, I think in Nolan's, you know, based in realism universe, this is probably the best way to do it.
1: But, I still maintain that they could have I, – I can see a way for them to do it straight, but I think for the story, it works out fine.
0: That shot. It, yes? Three words. Child endangerment laws. There's no way they could do it straight.
1: I have four books. I have four words. It's a comic book, <laughs> or it's a comic movie.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> well, I think that's... it would
3: be. I, I think it'd be tough to do it straight with with anyone. Like like I hate to go back to, but like Batman Forever. I think that the age that had Chris O'Donnell. I think that's about the youngest age you could do a, ro- a Robin in a in a in a movie. He was like what's supposed to be what seventeen, eighteen, in Batman Forever somewhere in really, there. Yeah. But I think that's the youngest age you could realistically. I mean, because there is, you know, it has to be, especially with Nolan directing it, there has to be an element of realism. And I don't think that, you know, Bruce Wayne would put a, a 13-year-old kid up fighting Bane's goons, you know?
1: It is a different argument to to have. Because it would make a different story. I think if you're going to introduce Robin, that has to be the story, not how to end Batman by introducing Robin, but you kind of. think mean,
2: here's the first of Michael Kane's many, many, many speeches.
1: In the first
0: Shut movie. up, Joe. He's great.
2: <laughs> I do like him. Yeah, he's guys. great at playing the same character in every movie he's ever in.
1: I will say that, like, he's the same character in every Nolan movie he's in. The Prestige, Inception, Batman, 1, 2, 3.
2: I do like him, though. But uh, and here's the uh, <laughs> very specific story. This is a Was anyone going. not expecting this to come up at the end, or?
1: I didn't think about it, but, you know, I got... I guess it could have been a little subtler, but I, it was so nice that I didn't care.
2: I think, yeah, I mean, because the film is so long and so much happens, you do sort of forget about it until it happens. But at the time, you're watching it knowing that it's going to come up later.
1: I really like the idea that Alfred doesn't didn't want Bruce Wayne to come back to Gotham City. I, I think that's actually a really unique and logical idea, personally. Because why would he want his surrogate son... Jumping out into night fighting crime all the time. I and mean, I mean, even in the comics, yeah, Alfred doesn't approve, generally.
2: But he's not expecting him to come back and be a crime fighter, is he?
1: Well, it's like the the city in general, as a kid, child, would just start him so horribly, I suppose.
2: Yeah, but I mean, he's got his entire life, there. He's, his family's business to take over.
3: I think that Alfred just uh, was kind of the idea that, that Gotham holds nothing but pain for Bruce. You know, that it's just one big reminder of his parents' death. His parents are dead.
0: Wait, what? When did that happen?
4: What in the? Okay. The
0: last time I tried to go see this in the theaters before it was out, this entire scene was cut out because I guess, yeah, the projectionist had ruined the print and my friend and I were both there and we kind of just turned to each other like, um, no, that, that's kind of an important scene. You, you need I would have caught there. a
1: case if that happened to me. I would have killed somebody. <laughs> so <laughs> was it was there in
4: place?
0: Nothing. It was just not there. And we'd seen it enough times at that point that we were like, no, no, John has to go to the orphanage now. What's going on? <laughs> wow. It sets up the was... Nightwing signal <laughs> or whatever that chalk thing is.
3: That'd board. be incredibly disconcerting just to have a scene that that scene not in the movie.
1: It was. Here we have a cameo from what was his name, Owen. If, we, if Watchers of Torchwood recognize this guy.
3: Oh yeah, this is the Torchwood guy.
1: Doing it because he's he's British. He's doing an American accent, but he's a pretty interesting character actor here.
3: I like this scene, too. As something you guys talked about earlier, though. This, this scene, as well as several other scenes in the movie, really do remind me of Selina out of the comic books. Well, she, go ahead, sorry. Pre-New 52. The Selina in the comic books after the New 52 is another instance.
1: Well, in this one, she's constantly lying and stealing. And, like, there's always a, a thread in the comics where she's, like, you know, psychologically kleptomaniacal. Uh, but it's, this is just entertaining and true to the character. She, she's not nearly as psycho- psychotic as... Batman Returns one. And that was a different story. But this one's a lot more true and a lot more uh a lot more fun to watch. She looks great in that too. I mean I was expecting her to cut her hair because currently Catwoman has short hair, but it works out fine.
2: Yeah, the uh screenshot of her on the when Batman was looking at the computer earlier, it looked quite similar to some of the Gotham City Sirens covers, but uh obviously she had shorter hair in there. Oh, right. I I mean, I was hoping in this scene that she'd call her Holly, but... but She's Holly to me.
1: (laughs) Uh, Jen, whatever. She's basically the same character. Because considering that that, the writers and directors have read Batman Year One, it's hard for me to to imagine that they didn't have the same character in mind.
3: It has to be. I mean, yeah, I agree. There's nothing else that really makes sense for to put that character in.
1: It's kind of like that fat guy Stevens in Dark Knight not being Bullock. He even called him Jimbo, so... God, this is brilliant. Oh, man. I really love Catwoman in this
3: movie. Sometimes I wonder why they change the names when they do that, though. Like, you're talking about the, like, the Bullock character who wasn't Bullock? Why wouldn't you just call him Bullock? What's the harm?
1: Yeah, I don't understand. That's that's one criticism I would I would uh, align with because it doesn't really serve or disturb the story.
2: Yeah, and there are other ones coming up later where it's you can see it's this fan service and it's like it, it doesn't, Benefit the story having that
3: in. <laughs> I love this scene. It, it's she changes characters again so quickly, and just like in the scene with Bruce.
1: Except and that, so seamlessly. Yeah, like she she looks really terrified. So and like you see, like the acting, like she just is complete put on. <laughs> yeah, she's totally on my radar after this movie. And also, like, uh, talking about, like, characters who could be other characters, they, like, Bane's main henchman, we'll see him in a second, like, he's a sniper, like, he's the guy with, like, the uh, the bullet strap across his chest and, like, the scarf, he always reminded me of Bird from the comics during Nightfall, I wish he was the same guy, but...
0: It's Will from Criminal Minds, for anybody watching. Yeah. Will, how could you? I know, you break <laughs> my heart.
1: I assume he's a good guy.
0: Yeah, married to an FBI agent.
3: Here's an obligatory shootout scene. Bane's little dude.
1: There's a website called Gotham Allies, which, uh, does a great job connecting a lot of comic book references and similarities to these movies. Like all Bat movies, like even the Burton and Schumacher films. And he said that this scene kind of reminded him of, uh, well, first of all, who, raise your hand if you read Nightfall and among the group of us here.
3: M- my, hands raised. my hand is my but I don't I think you'll be able to see
1: it. <laughs> okay. Everybody here has or hasn't. I know Joe has. Yeah, I read it. Okay. Yes. So, like, this scene, uh, the person of Gotham has said that it reminded them of, uh, when Robin was captured by Bane and Robin, Bane and Killer Croc fight in the sewers. And, like, he kind of, like, is aware of Bane's plan or whatever. And, uh, Gordon has a sort of similar thing here. It's not really the same thing, but you can kind of find similarity. Yeah. It's a nice scene. I remember the scene was in the trailer where, like, the explosion happens. And Gary Oldman's really, I don't know if he's acting as old as he is or he really is that kind of, he really aged a lot, but he's doing a great job.
3: I think Gary Oldman is you know, performance as Gordon in all these movies is, is really, really good.
1: Absolutely.
3: Now, this is strange. Like, I, I, you know, I can't believe that the commissioner's down there with, it's not just him, there's a bunch of other guys with him. I can't believe they wouldn't, you know. Go after him. They're wusses.
1: They think it's gonna explode in any moment. I love the shot of Ben coming up where he's kneeling. So Gordon's fake being knocked out. He's really conscious, but he's seeing where where it takes him,
3: which is a pretty dangerous game to play.
1: sees hey, Gordon. Yeah, that oh man. <laughs> That to, that, to me, is Bane. That's that's where they got the character right. And
2: then he turns around and he's not wearing the luchador mask.
1: Damn it. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's wearing the comic mask in that shot. I was talking to you.
4: Yeah.
2: His voice does amuse me, though. Especially the strange changes in pitch he makes. Right. I like
4: the
0: scarring that they've chosen to show on his back in this scene. Mm-hmm. um I think that like yeah we're aware that his face got destroyed and that's part of the reason he wears the mask so, oh spoiler um but it also it explains why he has to wear the brace and everything like that
1: right with the gas yeah.
2: how do you feel about the lack of venom
0: I wish
1: I I, I would have until I saw the movie I would have given you cash money that like that mask was feeding him venom for one reason or another when they explicitly say that it's to to highwayway pain it kind of let me down, but they still have like the idea of it near the end when Batman breaks the tubes because like that's how he was being the comics, so
2: I think it's it's closer linked to venom than I thought it would be. I thought it was going because it venom bane has to keep taking venom, isn't it like on the hour to stop otherwise it'll be an excruciating pain, and that's like a uh anesthetic gas. And he has to keep taking that or be in constant pain. But I feel like the anaesthetic's strong enough so that when Batman's punching him and beating him up, he doesn't feel it because of that. And then it's only when he breaks the tubes that uh, Bane starts to feel the effects of Batman beating him down. So it kind of it links closer than I thought it would. And I quite like it. Um, especially in this. Similar. I mean, I know they can't, you know, have him, like, grow twice the size because... It would look a bit odd.
1: <laughs> I saw it for the third time I saw it. My dad thought he was shrinking when the tubes were cut and he was fighting Batman. And I was like, I wish.
4: Ooh.
1: Now this scene to me, uh, after seeing it once kind of given me, it's given me the most like cause to relate this Robin from the Robin in the comics because I see a lot of Tim Drake and Jason Todd in this character. And maybe I'm looking for things that aren't there, but I think you can find them in his, uh, even, relating to Bruce Wayne.
2: Even after Nightwing issue zero. Where uh, Dick Grayson works out who Batman is.
1: That's screw Netwing issue zero. <laughs> <laughs> Says I, Donovan Grant.
3: I think that this this character, I, I agree with you, Donovan. I think what it is is he just picked and choose what parts of the Robin stories he likes the best. Mm-hmm. And then just mushed them up into a ball and made this John Blake character. You know, you, he he's, a, he's an orphan like Bruce is, like Dick is. He found out who Batman is like Tim Drake did, you know. And I think he just kind of – you know, he's kind of streetwise like Jason is. I think he just pulled the the best parts of those Robin characters and made one character out of them.
1: I mean even like the, the most explicit stuff is that Jason Todd did have a father who was in trouble with the law and got killed and grew up in the streets. Dick Grayson was a cop. Tim Drake comes to Boyne Manor talking for Batman to come into action with uh, – technically definitely isn't Dick Grayson, but who's choosing. But uh, like this – I mean just in general, I mean just not even the ide- actual identities, but the Robin character – like that is something that i think a lot of people misunderstand the relationship he has with batman in that wanting to do something uh after you have your kind of family robbed for you from crime i think it's ex- explicit in this movie in this scene and i think it's really well done um there was a podcaster I, I know i don't want to name the person's name because i don't want to call him out but somebody uh i heard on another podcast wish it was they called the character tim drake because it was similar nobody's going to know who tim drake is though you know even
2: yeah, yeah, then it goes yeah. towards the thing of you know it's not going to affect the story if they do i think it's probably better they didn't call him to tim drake just because then you're going to want him to be closer to the tim drake storyline and point. that it, it wouldn't work as as well as that
0: yeah cuz this one isn't just like a not necessarily a background character but this that's a character with a lot of history that a lot of people who do know who tim drake was would be saying why did you call him Tim Drake if you weren't going to make right. him Tim Drake?
3: I kind of approve of the name change. Blake, Drake, it's it's close enough anyway. But I think it's interesting too is that you know you see a parallel here. Maybe I'm reaching, but how one person who came from a rich family handled the loss of his parents versus someone who came from a poor family. Oh, That's, I mean, good. that's a good catch. You know, it's, it's the only, Bruce can be Batman and he can have gadgets. He can do that. The only thing that the Blake character can do is go into the police force. You know, that's, that's the, that's the only thing he can do. So I saw that as like a parallel of these guys' story of, of a rich versus poor aspect of it.
1: We should also mention that, like, uh, character that they're talking about right now in the scene, John Daggett. When I first heard the name Mr. Daggett, I freaked out because that was the character in the Batman anime series. He was a, uh, he was a, uh, uh, illegitimate businessman with a crime background. So I was like, no way. They rented the DVD for this. And then, then it was originally Roland Dackett in that show. So calling him John Decker, I was like, why couldn't it be Roland Dackett? But who cares?
3: Again, it's another one of the just tons of nods in the Nolan films to different right. sources. I mean, it's no surprise, it's a spoiler, but the, you know, with, with the mustache scene coming up in a little bit, the shaving, I and mean, there's so many between the Dark Knight. You know, returns and this movie is incredible. Some of the dialogues, word for word.
1: Much of this, much of this first half is very Dark Knight Returns, and the fight with is with Bane is certainly Nightfall. I was actually very surprised how like direct like it was.
3: Oh well, the the, the whole scene with the uh, you know when he first comes back here, it's, I mean that's it's almost identical.
1: This is sort of a callback to Batman Begins with a ski mask.
2: Yeah. But it's nice, yeah nice that he's visiting Gordon as well.
1: This is the first teaser in the movie where Gordon's in the hospital. I thought Bane really effed him up in that teaser, but apparently he just got shot in the leg.
0: That was the worst part about waiting for this movie to come out, is thinking, Gordon's going to die at the end of this film. I'm going to have to watch that. That's not going to happen.
1: Watch Bane fold him up like an origami paper plane.
3: You know, I didn't think he was going to die just because Nolan fake killed him in The Dark Knight, right? And I and I couldn't see Nolan killing the same. I mean, because if he killed Gordon again, oh, you funny. all you're going to be like, "Oh, come on!" You know, you, you know what do you got against this guy? You kill him in every movie now, you know.
1: Well, he was such a single, central character in The Dark Knight that I think it would. I never. Oh, I like this scene too. I'm sorry. I just,
2: <laughs> oh man, I uh, didn't. even – I noticed a bit of a flaw in okay. the fact that uh, Martha Wayne's pearls, for some reason, are fixed.
1: Yeah, I noticed that last night, because they, they uh, fell apart.
2: Uh, yeah, because I, I remember I watched the Batman Begins after watching this. Did, I'm pretty sure that they got ripped apart, and uh, they did. So he's either got a replica, or he went back and picked up every single pearl, tracked down any that got stolen.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, did the guy run away? Was did Joe <laughs> Chill run away with the pearls? So he probably got captured before, so...
2: I do love this bit with the uh, gadget. Oh, this is yeah, this is
3: classic. The science.
1: This reminds me of the beginning of Long Halloween, where Batman and Selina, or Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle are dancing with masks on. Which I know, which I know. I remember, they they said that they read when they were re- making Batman Begins. So that's another callback.
3: Yeah, I think he, throughout all these movies, you see, you can definitely tell which comics they read. And, I, and I, I'd be surprised if they didn't read No Man's Land for you know the stuff coming up later in the movie.
1: Oh yeah, I mean Definitely. they said they said that they read Year One and Long Halloween and some of Dark Knight Returns for Batman Begins, and, I, and you can see like I think with those all these movies there's there's specific like plot ideas, and I think they said as much. I mean they don't make this crap up. I mean even David Goyer who worked on the story was a comics writer, so I think it's not a matter of interpretation; it's a matter of figuring out which one came from where. We should probably talk about the movie <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> hypotheticals.
2: So related.
1: What do we think about um, uh, the crazy lady from Inception in this movie?
0: Marion Cotillard. Cotillard.
3: Which crazy lady from Inception? I think there's several.
1: But then...
4: Ooh.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Long. I couldn't read this. <laughs> now, did you guys go, again, spoiler, but going into this, did you guys know that she was Talia? Because I had no idea. I... I I'd st- I really didn't know anything. Pretty spoilerific going into the movie. So Brent I didn't
1: Morrison act- took a code of the script and rewrote it so he could match his comics.
3: That would not surprise me that much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I knew going in, um, but that's because again, spoiler: the small child in the prison was Talia, and um, you knew there that? was well, there was a a younger girl who was doing interviews for the movie, and she was like. Oh, you know, I play the younger version of Marion Cotillard's character. Ooh, and, yeah, and I was like, I, I'm pretty sure you are not supposed to say that. She was but. never
1: seen again, and her house was bulldozed <laughs> the next day.
2: Chris, Chris Nolan's like, damn it, why can't I hit children?
0: <laughs> yeah, probably.
2: She's working at a salt mine now in
3: Mexico. She's never been seen. She's worse than since. Michael Caine.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: awesome. Um, so you know, when you were watching the movie, you're like, okay, well, there's only one small child that they're ever showing, and we already know that's young Talia, so that's... Or, well, we know that's young Marion Cotillard. It was just one of those things that made sense.
2: I, say, I didn't know... Like, I would stayed away from the little girl rumor, fortunately. Um, I don't know how being on the Batman universe, but I managed to stay away from that, but I'd heard the rumors that she could be Tara, and I was just kind of watching it. And then, yes, there was a certain scene where I just, you know, ten seconds before it happened, it's like, okay, this is this right now is going to happen, and then it exactly did so. But uh it got I was, not got me up until then. But I, you know, I was just kind of going with the story.
1: I there was always the rumor that she was playing Talia and she flat out. What got me was that she flat out said no, she wasn't. At one point, I guess Kristen Nolan put a gun to her head or something, but...
2: But she also said she was an eco-terrorist or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I heard the rumor, and the idea was in my head, but I was, throughout the movie, I was like, she wasn't. I was actually hoping that she wasn't, because I thought her character of um Miranda was kind of crap. So when she became Talia, I was really happy, and I turned to my brother, was like, she's Talia! And he was like, duh! So, that's what happened to me. I like this scene, too.
2: I do like that Catwoman's wearing a cat outfit.
1: I think that the relationship between her and Bruce Wayne in this movie is believable, but what do you guys think? Do you think it's a little out of place? Do you think it's weird?
3: I like it. I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, you brought up the long Halloween. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a, I think it's a typical Catwoman-Batman relationship, honestly.
1: There's clearly an attraction between the two of them, I think, which I think it's not, I should say, remember that clearly, but I think upon rewatching it, you can clear, uh, you can take out of it what the movie puts in.
0: I think they do a good job of making the chemistry very real between them, but then he goes and, like, two seconds later, sleeps with Miranda Tate. So I've I've got a bit of an issue with that. I'm just that whole scene,
2: spoiling all over the place.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, spoiler! He sleeps with Miranda Tate.
1: Hey hey! I, I don't have a problem. I actually like that scene, but we can talk about it when else? Because right now he's sleeping with uh, Lucius Fox. No, he's not. But he's just talking to
3: him. I was about to say you're watching a different movie than I am, Chief. <laughs> Like, I
1: have the, I have
3: the, the director's cut. You know, I, I like Lucius Fox in the movies, though. I know he's some people don't, but I think it's cool to have that person at Wayne Enterprises who's doing this. And I, 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 I like Lucius and Gordon. I think is, are two supporting characters that absolutely make the movies.
1: I like him in these movies. I don't like in the comics that he's completely been retconned to be this character, because in the comics he was literally just Bruce's like money guy who. He was like, you know, he kind of had an idea of who Bruce might be and knew he was more than he seemed, but he didn't know or build crap for him. He was just like a uh, an economist. So I don't like the fact that he's always wearing a bow tie, and making gadgets in the comics, because like, I think it's extremely lazy. But in this in this movie, I think Lucius Fox, Lucius Fox is a uh, brilliantly cast and brilliantly acted.
2: Yeah, I definitely think it makes sense for again the Nolan verse. I'd
0: like to speak to the costumer's choice. Um, like, the the costumer for this movie did such a fantastic job, but especially with Lucius Fox's wardrobe, because he's got that slightly ill-fitting suit that even though he's, you know, one of the board members, yeah, obscenely rich, one of the board members of an insanely wealthy company, it's still a slightly ill-fitting suit, the shirt punches just a little, and a bow tie, which is not a stylistic choice that a lot of people make. It shows that he's eccentric, it, it shows works. that he... He really has his priorities on applied science.
1: All right. I really liked in the Dark Knight when he was made a member of the board because it showed that was more the comics than like Batman Begins. Although I like him. Batman Begins too. The bat.
2: I am not a fan of the bat. I'll say that now.
1: It looks Both like an insect and
2: aesthetic.
1: I will I admit think, that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Continue.
2: I was going to say I think it's gone. A, it went a bit of a step too far. Um. Because it, I mean, if you're going to go for sort of realism, I, I get that this is a very, it's kind of a different film to The Dark Knight. Also, this gadget, I don't know why I hadn't put that on from the start, because it's in the Batcave. His uh, leg brace. He had that lying around, so I don't know why I didn't just put that on. But, uh...
1: I mean, yeah, I right. think it made it. Magic recently. knee
2: brace. I'm not sure. He could have made it, but then, apparently, in The Dark Knight, the Lucius Fox makes all of his gadgets, so...
1: Well, I, mean, I think that they show in Batman Begins, he makes some of them, but he doesn't make all of them. Like, he has – I mean, Fox says he has his own mind to make certain things, so it's not like Bruce Wayne doesn't have an idea in his head and Fox makes everything. I think they kind of, like, had an idea and scrappled together.
2: I think it's it's just a uh, Dark Knight Returns reference, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I didn't even catch that until Melinda said in the special. and That never crossed my mind.
3: Why is everything always rising out of the water, too? I mean, it's not well, very practical. No, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's not very practical.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, it's under his house, isn't it? It's not what like if somebody, know, somebody fell down
1: the stairs, in. like Crystal Donald did in Batman Forever, and found it.
3: Wow. Well, not to mention, if it's supposed to be hiding stuff and it seems to pop up for whoever walks up to it, it's not very effective.
0: Guys, you have to play the specific chords on the piano to get into the cave. This, this is not, this is not an insecure <laughs> place. It's
2: True. a comic movie. Four words. It's a comic movie. And that's the defense, isn't
0: yeah, it? Yeah, that's going to be our defense for. Well,
2: it's going to be my new defense. For <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I love Nolan films. They're so realistic. It's like, really? He's a guy dressed as a bat. Yeah, but it's a comic book. Thank but, oh, you.
0: Okay.
1: I am so <laughs> over the whole. It's reali- These movies are not realistic, people. It's a British think... guy acting as an American in a <laughs> Batman costume. He's think... Welsh. Well, it's
2: still we, I'm British, sorry, isn't Welsh. It? But uh, yeah. Who's Welsh?
0: You're Welsh, <laughs> uh, Alfred.
2: Wow, she said that to someone over here. You're going to get stabbed.
0: That's okay. Well, Canada has the right to guns. Not, I don't,
1: it's been a while since I've listened to the other commentaries, but like the whole realism. I mean, granted, these are a lot more grounded than most other I think, all comic movies. But
2: I've forgotten who it was, but someone said there's a difference between realism and believability, which okay. I think. Oh, okay. Well, and you're a very intelligent man. Oh, sure. uh, a very handsome, <laughs> young, intelligent man. Oh, and, uh,
0: <laughs> very tall.
2: <laughs> but uh, I think that's, that plays a lot into it. I do think that... I mean, Kristen Long said that he's basing it in some kind of realism, but...
3: But on well, some level, who cares? I,
2: really like I think it's just the inconsistency that I have a problem with. If If it's going to be set in this universe, then that's fine it's a different take on Batman, but it's when it gets ridiculous and then people just suddenly switch and say, oh no, but it's a comic book movie. When throughout the whole film it's supposed to be kind of realistic. But.
0: <laughs> well, like with the Bat, cool. my problem is how did he get it out of applied sciences to be hiding where he needs it later in the movie? Stealth mode.
3: No, it, 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 so, no it's, it's the a comic movie. It's a magic trap door. We all well, know my that,
1: thing huh? is that like, well, no one actually was came out of a quote and actually said that people do misinterpret the theme because it's not so much that like this takes place in the real world as it is this is a real world where Batman is the most uh uh sensational thing about it, and then like him and his characters and his world kind of approach the real world. It's not so much that, like this is this could happen as it is they live in a real world and they, they themselves are sort of out of reality. And I'm not even sure if that makes much sense, but the way I read it is that like I I kinda take a lot of these things at face value, so I don't really care one way or another. Um I I also I mean I don't need these movies to be realistic. You know? I I don't I don't find the appeal in that. I just find the appeal in that their inherent quality of writing and acting. I don't it's not that like these movies I don't think are great because they're realistic and I think that a lot of times people end up sounding pretentious saying that. That's sort of my beef with the whole uh
3: legacy of these movies. See I agree. I don't think I, I think it's nice that they're more realistic looking. Than the plot being realistic. Yes. I prefer I prefer the realistic look as opposed to like a Batman Forever or something like that. But as far as everything having to be, you know, too realistic. I mean, I, I went and saw Lincoln because I wanted to see a realistic movie. You know, I didn't. I went and saw this movie for a totally different reason.
1: Is that it's, the film where he fights vampires? Uh no,
3: that's the uh, <laughs> that's the other Lincoln movie. <laughs> it Wasn't quite as realistic, but so I, was I, I agree. Like I agree. I mean, it's like it's a Batman movie. It's not going to be, you know, a, a docudrama. It's just not.
1: I mean, I, I, agree with you. I like the fact that this looks like a real, like a otherwise realistic movie. So when Batman shows up, I, I'm really excited. But I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's a cognitive distance between comic book fans and mainstream audiences who aren't familiar with the idea of what Batman, cause like, the themes they're carrying in, in these movies are like more, a lot more, uh, uh, psycho drama, a lot deeper than usual Batman movies are. So it's speaking a lot of, of that. discussion you can talk about.
2: Speaking of scenes, I know that this scene here, uh, the stock market one, has um, it's become quite controversial for supposedly being against, like the Occupy Wall Street, and it's supposed oh. to be quite a God. right-wing, supposedly a deep right-wing message in this film. I live in Nashville, this scene.
1: Tennessee, and I had a friend who th- thought that this is a clear uh, thumbs up towards the Occupy Wall Street movie. This, first of all, this movie was made and written before all that happened, but. I mean, it's the same kind of people who said, like, The Dark Knight was clearly a critique of the Bush administration. Remember George Bush when he was president? But, like, I mean, I don't, it's, a, it's a comic movie, people. Sometimes the story is just a story. I don't think that they're trying to say anything. No. I think that, like, it fits the character of Bane and uh the League of Assassins, or League of Shadows, uh, to do these kind of things. There's Red Hood.
2: <laughs> this was clearly a stunt, man. Thank you, Red Circle Helmets. <laughs>
3: That is the most color diverse group of people that would be trading stocks in history.
1: The Power Rangers.
3: Yeah, I mean, it should. I mean, it's black and blue suits, kids. Not you know yellow, purple, green.
1: Here comes the whole. This is a big lead up to like the Dark Knight Returns thing, where it's like, damn, that sucker's fast. Wait, (laughs) what is that?
3: Oh, well, well, the one line from that's coming up right here with the with the one police officer when he says, "You're in for a show tonight." That's almost verbatim. That that pretty much is
1: the same scene. Yeah. I mean, where else could you get it?
3: I wonder if the guys who, you know, Frank Miller and those guys that wrote some of the comics, I wonder if they got a kickback for any of this.
1: I think Chuck Dixon said he did. I don't think Frank Miller would really care. He's probably he probably watched out of the theater the moment he saw the Occupy Wall Street parallels. Considering what he yeah. said, I actually really love this idea that Batman has a. Whenever Batman shows up, all the lights go out. I think that's awesome. There we go. <laughs>
2: The uh, I forgot the name of it actually.
1: Now uh, EMP.
2: Yes, yes.
3: Electromagnetic pulse.
1: Now we're forty-five minutes into the movie. Does does anyone have a problem that Batman took this long to show up? Because I don't really, but
2: no, and especially in IMAX with the soundtrack going. Oh. Even not being a huge fan of the normal films, watching this I was getting excited. So I think this I... works really well.
3: I think it's almost better that we wait to see that, see him. To be honest with you,
1: I've heard people say it's a Batman movie. Where's my Batman? But I think you know the story takes precedent over. I mean, I, I agree. It's, it's, I don't want to be like Dark Knight Returns, but the cl- the story is clearly still about Bruce Wayne, so it's not like they've lost focus.
0: Well, not only that, Christopher Nolan did a great job of enough was going on that A, this didn't really feel like forty five minutes, and B, you didn't notice. Really, that
1: Batman hadn't shown up. Yeah, I wasn't marking time until he came up, uh, like you know, I might have in other movies.
3: I didn't even, when I saw this movie, it, like the first two times, I didn't even notice that he didn't show up for 45 minutes, really, until someone said, aren't you pissed he didn't show up for 45 minutes? I said, I, I, I
4: didn't even notice,
3: you know? And here's the, the first time we see Selina. Co- what did you guys think of, of, of the Catwoman costume in, in, the, in the movie?
1: People didn't like that. I, I thought it was like a callback to Julie Newmar, actually. <laughs> From the 60s show. I was, I was expecting more of a, uh, a, a current look, cause her current look is pretty modern, but I thought it was fine. I mean, there's the gimmick with the goggles looking like cat ears, but whatever works. What'd you guys think?
2: I think it's got the common movie thing of being slightly over textured. But, uh, it doesn't, I don't mind it. The goggles, they don't bother me. I don't, like, dislike them. They kind of work. I don't mind that she's just called the cat or the cat burglar instead of catwoman because again, you know, she doesn't feel the need to name herself catwoman, so
0: The only problem I had with the costume was prior to the movie's release when we saw those shoes and I was oh, like, yeah. you can't run in those. You can't. And I think we urged people to email and say if you can run in these, you know, please give us please let us know and send us a video.
1: She ru- she was off the roof and later on so exactly which now. wouldn't
0: happen not not in stilettos stilettos like that um, but seeing the purpose that the serrated edge on the stiletto served I was like okay I I get it now I understand why you made that choice
2: watching it now on a smaller screen I'm seeing a lot of
1: I love this scene
2: non contacts jumping like the punches a lot of the punches and when he just crashed into the bat pod i'm seeing love- a lot of jumping before the actual oh like the fakeness of connection. it connection
1: yeah <laughs> oh well. <laughs> i love the music when he when you see his boots and the cape flow by i think that's i think
2: that's epic from here on out just watch batman's face because there is rarely a scene when he hasn't got a closed mouth or when you he know what? Closed i mouth. thought about
1: that last night because i remember i think you may have mentioned that before joe his, his cowl has, is like over his nose. I don't think he'd actually breathe through his nose. That might be because Christian Bale doesn't want to suffocate. Or maybe not. I don't know. I, Suffer I don't... for
0: your art, Christian. It's like you did in, in,
1: in the Machinist.
2: What a coward. Wee! Awesome. I'm not a fan of the, uh, batsuit though. I get That's... the, uh, I get the armored look and I get that they wanted him to be able to turn his head. I kind of, I liked the, uh, the joke in Dark Knight, but. I don't like how sort of ovular it looks, and it's just like a separate shell on his head.
1: I but, uh, uh, I like the fact that his cowl can turn around. I, I like that aspect. I might like the actual. Uh, well, you know, I don't know. I I tend to like Batman suits when he can move around more. So I can't I can't pretend to say that like I would prefer this over the begin suit. Although I did like the begin suit. I find that weird. How does he turn around like that? How does it? You know, like when he turns the bat pod around, and the tire? Oh, kind by of the,
2: Yeah, the tire spins independent. That well, hits I saw that me off as in, well. the,
1: <laughs> <laughs> in the Dark Knight. I thought that was like C J or something, but then we see it all the time in this movie. So I'm like, is that? Can that actually happen?
3: No, I think that's just supposed to look cool. I don't think there's any real world you know, science behind that one. Because wouldn't you, if you did that, wouldn't the thing instantly lose control and just slam into a wall?
1: Awesome. Yeah. I love the live show. I hate Matthew Modine's character so much. He is kind of a dick. There's Dan (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I
4: don't
1: know if Modine's character actually was necessary in this movie. He was just sort of like another ensemble cast, but whoever knows.
0: Well, they try to give him that huge redemption storyline, but I'll talk about my issue with that after or when it comes up.
3: Yeah, I've got a thought about
1: that. I love how wormy and sleazy this, this, like, crook is, this daggett guy. Like, he's, he's like a cookie cutter mustache twirling villain, but I don't mind it because.
3: It's on his mustache.
1: Yeah, true. Care for what you wish for.
3: And you want to see something bad happen to him. I mean, the and whole movie.
1: You're kind of waiting for him to be horribly murdered. Hit it's yeah, over you... by it and.
3: Ah, oh, glorious. Here comes the cool shoes.
0: And their usefulness, yes.
1: You're dumb.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to another podcast. I think it was called something like the fangirl's eye view. And uh, (laughs) it was an all-female podcast, and they were talking about the Dark Knight Rises. And um, they were saying how they appreciated the fact that uh, Catwoman wasn't shown too gratuitously and they didn't constantly focus on her ass, for lack of a better word.
1: We'll talk about that in the third act.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, but I kind of, I get that the, the point, I guess, but at the same time, it feels like you'd have to kind of go out of your way to be including that when it's not necessary.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And I guess it, if you're going for that kind of over-the-top cheesecakey thing, then you could add it in, just, you know, extend the uh, scene a bit, but it's definitely well, not necessary.
1: Well, there's more sex appeal, uh, I think, with the Batman Returns Catwoman, because her costume was... I don't, I don't know exactly how to describe it right now, but it felt a lot more...
2: Some kind of pseudo-bondage type. Something like that, yeah. I was going to say bondage.
0: Yeah.
1: This, this one has a lot more of a, of a capability for a burglar than like, something, yeah, like a sm and m kind of thing, I guess. I like this scene. It's, it's This is a lot more like a... You, you find this in the comics, where Batman shows up the last second, there's a fight scene. That's a great pose. Let's do it. I think the fight scenes have actually gotten better. I remember when Batman Begins, people really didn't like how they were shot, but by now I think yeah. they've gotten a lot more visible.
3: I like Isn't... the fact that in this scene he he takes time out to disarm Selina in the middle of the fight.
1: Absolutely, that's 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 absolutely true to the character. I, I like that too. So he's like, you know, no one gets the guy. Gotta go. Here's her running. <laughs> Again, this goes no, back it's... to what we're talking
2: about. Oh, go ahead, John. I was going to say just the movie trick of as soon as they're with a machine gun, they can't shoot anything. But, uh...
1: <laughs> Hollywood.
0: And you definitely would not stick the landing in those shoes.
1: <laughs> I, I would, my mind agree. To me, this feels like if this is a comic series. This would be the end of issue one, like this right here. Like we'll meet again, Batman. Ha ha ha. I will admit the Bat. I like it in the front, but I don't like the general design because it looks a little weird. Terrible. It looks like a cockroach. I don't want to say terrible because it kind of looks like a Veritech from Robotech, which I like. But it doesn't. It doesn't. I wish it was. I I like. I like the uh, the anime series Batwing because I thought that was the kind of flying Sasha look was really nice, and like they kind of had that in Forever and the Eighty Nine Batman movie. But I like the general fact that they have a plane, so he's he's stepping up in each movie.
3: It looks like a hovercrack on on crack. Hover Hover you know, hover card. I I just I never
2: liked it. I just don't get it. I don't don't get how it works.
1: I wish it looked better, but I don't I don't dislike it.
2: We're gonna get to one of the classic things that people think is funny about this movie.
1: I'm not sure what you're (laughs) talking (laughs) about. I love his voice. (laughs) I like how they're playing the Batman theme against the Catwoman theme. Close your
4: mouth. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> mm-hmm.
1: Apparently, this is the final scene that Christian Bale w- filmed as Batman, and he said they actually stuck around in the in the costume for a little few minutes longer just to get used to the idea that he wouldn't be doing it again. Ah. Who wouldn't? Absolutely. Here's a line from Kingdom Come.
2: Well, oh yes. There we go. The sticking to the voice because it's. Oh yeah, yeah. Not only do you, not only do you not need that line. It would be like you could play it off. I think a lot of this time a lot of the time in this movie I felt that they overdid things. And that line was just a kind of look you'd get exactly that he was saying that. If you had to say it that's fine, but you don't need to say it in the voice.
1: I see what you're saying. Like like why is he in the voice now? <laughs> I remember the Dark Knight when uh, the Joker was attacking uh, Harvey Dent's fundraiser and Batman was locking him up and telling Rachel to go away. He, I think he was starting to do the voice without the costume, but. I'm kind of tired of Alfred in this scene. Like, I understand his, his worry, but as a fan of yeah, Batman, it's, I was sort of like, shut up.
2: It's so juxtaposed against the first two films, though. Agreed. I feel, especially later on. I mean, he's so supportive in the first two. And he says, you know, as long as you don't... As long as it's not about showboating and stuff, then I'm with you. And I don't think it goes to that. And I, I think it's just kind of... I get why they had to get rid of him. Spoilers. But um, right. I, I just don't feel it really fits with the character.
3: To me, too, it seems like this is... I think this is the first time where Alfred, since he's really seen Bruce come back... When they were looking at the Bane footage, where he really feels like he can't, That he's going to get killed by this guy. That he's going to just lose. like Rocky Three, yeah. You know that he feels he feels like if Bruce goes out there, Bane's going to kill him.
1: This is Stella's least favorite scene in the movie, which she talked on and about in the special.
0: And I completely disagree with her. Okay, there is a reason that at, at work our running joke is that Michael Caine likes my work. I think he did such a great job in this scene because he is saying goodbye to his son. Spoilers, I guess. Watch the movie before you listen to the commentary, folks.
3: If you're if this is the first time someone's watched the movie, they're seriously off base anyway.
1: Yeah, bigger problems than what we're dealing <laughs> <Yeah. primarily. laughs> The acting yeah. and the dialogue is so excellent. I think I think Christian Bale has his best Batman Bruce Wayne performance in this movie. I really do. I think they give him a, a lot of great stuff to work with.
3: Well, I think that the, the, the second movie, really, the, the, the show is stolen by – not in a bad way, but was stolen by Heath Ledger and the Joker. The Bale's acting, you, you really don't even kind of notice. Like oh yeah, there's Bale again. Let's get
2: back to the Joker. It's more like oh, there's that stupid voice again. Let's get back to the Joker.
4: <laughs> <laughs> See, I like
3: I like the scene. I like the scene too. It, it's if if these two are really going to go their separate ways, it wouldn't be a you know a shake your hand. Hey, thanks for years of service. Talk to you later, Chief. You
1: know? Well, Alfred's quit twice before, and it's always like you know. There was always a situation where it was never as deep as this. It was always like, you know, I'm sick of your attitude, Master Wayne, so I'm going to leave for, you know, two years and come back. So here it's like, you know, this is legitimate. And, like, it's an idea that's not been introduced to a mainstream audience. So it carries a lot more weight.
2: Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, I feel like it's well acted, but I I still don't think it's something especially the Batman in this film series would do. So it it feels really out of place to me. The Batman? Huh?
0: Do you, like,
2: you mean Alfred? Isn't that, okay? Yeah, that's what I meant.
0: <laughs>
1: Joe's sleepy again.
0: Time for some coffee.
3: Yeah, I, 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 I really do. I, I really do like this.
1: This had me welling up in the in the theater. I was like, I didn't know that he was going like Alfred's going to quit, but like, this was just because could he's close to tears. And like, he just sobs at the end. So Alfred's scenes were so emotionally evocative. I'm not sure if I'm using that phrase, right? But
0: yeah, you are. I cried almost every time Alfred came on the screen and see this, this shows how Bruce really, even though, yeah, he knew what had just happened and he didn't really believe that Alfred was going to go. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I
3: mean, yeah, it's totally, I mean, I like the scene when, you know, Lucius, like, you have to answer your own door. I mean, you, you start to realize how much Alfred's really been doing.
1: How tall is Morgan Freeman? He almost towers over Christian Bale. who's six, like, over six feet.
3: He's
2: tall enough to be on this podcast.
3: <laughs>
2: I thought, I didn't realize Christian Bale was that tall. I thought he was quite short.
1: Michael Keaton was the shortest Batman. I think he was, like, 5'10".
0: Michael Keaton's shorter than that, isn't he? I, I don't know. I, I can't
1: pretend to know
2: if you think about, about it. Long
3: it would almost be smart to cast a shorter batman because that way you can make the villains look so much larger. I mean Bane could be 6'3 and look like he was towering over a 5'7 guy.
1: People had a problem with Bane's size and I think the people who were whining were people who were <sighs> stupid. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, you know, do you really expect Bane to be like a uh, an over exaggerated monster? I mean, he wasn't even like that in the in the Batman Robin movie. I th- I thought he was I thought Bane's physicality was Essentially perfect.
2: I, don't I mean, Batman is pretty have... tall, isn't he? He's like six foot four. Batman or is 6'2
1: I believe. In Superman, six three.
2: Oh. Hmm. All
1: right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> really it's okay. I'm worried. looking up
0: Michael Keaton's
3: height, so uh, say five five ten for Keaton, five nine.
1: What accent is uh, Coach Yard using for Miranda here? Is it French? Because I know she's French, right?
3: She
2: is, yeah.
0: She's French, but I think she has chosen, and in my opinion rightfully so, to give kind of an ambiguous accent, indicating her really ambiguous origins. Because she's, a, you know, where she grew up, she would have heard a mixture of languages. It's always funny because her and Rachel
1: Ghoul Ghul are, are legitimately Middle Eastern but in the animated series and, and these movies, they, they clearly like have these sort of like quasi British accents. I, I shouldn't comment with a British cast podcaster on this, but Liam Neeson's Irish, isn't he? And his accent yeah. was kind of British. I thought this was a little weird. That oh, by the way, Bruce Wayne built a nuclear bomb in between the two movies. <laughs> well, uh,
2: it's it's, out that it's completely not what he was the intent. <laughs> right, that's true. Yeah, he, it's he not was, like he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna. Little, if the Joker
1: tries this one more time, I'll be he ready. Built a
2: safe, well, he built a safe energy, and then there's some scientist, the, uh, Dr. Povel, worked out how to turn it into a nuclear bomb, and that's why he...
0: he, he it decom- and that's why it. Gotham can't have nice things.
3: Though yeah. so I would think it would have been incredibly odd if Batman had built, you know, a nuclear bomb between movies. I do agree with that.
1: I do think he did. This guy's a pos non-board member here. Oh, he shouldn't be here. There's a uh, Chris Nolan's uncle and Senator Patrick Leahy.
3: I do thought the this the kind of flimsy financial scheme they used to make Bruce bankrupt is strange.
1: It works for the film, but I think they could have at the same time gone without it because he's not. He's not poor in Titan Returns. He's not poor in Batman Beyond. So I think that, like, the end of Batman's story doesn't need him poor. But I think it's an idea that's not actually been introduced all that often.
3: Well, and if, if it was to go on past this movie, there'd be some very real problems with simply yeah. supplies and, you know, I mean, what? Yeah. He's broke.
1: I
2: mean, he starts again though, doesn't he? I guess. But,
1: It's uh... so John Daggett's final scene. A very fi- satisfying final scene. Where's Brain? Awesome.
3: I wish you'd thrown
2: him out a window. I Do think that
4: <laughs>
2: Baines and I? It's interesting to watch Tom Hardy act because not saying he's a bad actor, not saying he's a good actor either. I don't. I haven't had all that much uh, contact with Tom Hardy, but obviously, he's very, I mean, the most expressive part about your body is your your face, and secondly, your hands. So that's what Tom Hardy is using to kind of emote this character, especially as all the lines are ADR. So
1: this bit right here. But man.
2: a lot of the time he doesn't know what to do with his hands, so you'll just see him sort of standing there, thumbs tucked into his vest. And just sort of walk.
1: He's very at ease. Do you feel in charge. Love that. This I thought was brilliant. I thought this was okay, they got bane perfectly. Like this right here. He's he's frightening. He talks like an old man. I think
3: I think Purposefully. God. Well, how old is Bane supposed to be in this movie? I mean he's not young, is he?
4: Yeah,
1: he was at least like twenty in the flashback we see at the end, so.
3: And then he and then that was when Talia was young, so give him another twenty years for Talia to grow up, he's gotta be what, late forties, easy?
1: I think Talia was like in her thirties, so.
3: Yeah, I mean, so he's gotta be pretty up there in age
1: by this point. He used the Lazarus, but of course. (laughs) That'd
2: be amazing. If Kristen and all just went all out.
1: Well, there was rumours that he was building a Lazarus Pit. And I think, technically, the the, the the prison is sort of a spiritual Lazarus Pit, if you want to talk about rising and stuff. Don't give me that. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
4: a I'll metaphorical some, uh, Lazarus Pit.
2: <laughs> well, there's some leaked photos of basically a huge sheet of green screen lying in the middle of a dirty d- type thing, which we were all kind of speculating. Oh, it's a Lazarus Pit, but it ended up being, I assume, the prison.
1: Hey, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know what they're talking about.
2: Maybe Bruce Wayne's trying to get some, but they know he doesn't have any money.
1: I don't to say what. <laughs> and Hathaway, yeah, because she's, she like she's clearly somebody in her 20s. I think she's 30 years old, but, like, she has a lot of weight to her. Or she brings a lot of weight to her.
2: You're saying she's fat?
1: No, shut up. Man. <laughs> but, like, I mean, like, you know, she brings a lot of gravitas. Because, like... Uh, A criticism I had of Katie Holmes, I didn't hate Katie Holmes in Batman Begins, but her kind of acting wasn't really on the par with the other actors in that movie. I think that Maggie Gyllenhaal did in The Dark Knight. In this movie, Anne Hathaway is clearly a younger actress compared to a lot of the other actors, but she holds her own very well. Like, I can believe every scene she's in. Right? I didn't with Katie Holmes. (laughs) No, you don't.
0: Well, she didn't start off on Dawson's Creek, so there's that.
1: Yeah, she didn't have that original sin coming with her. Katie Holmes is a bad actress. I I don't think she's a bad actress. I think that she was just miscast in the original. I like how Blake says, you know, John Decker's body was found in a dumpster, and Gordon basically says, I don't care.
3: <laughs> that guy was a jerk anyway. None was. of us liked him. I like the instant promotion, too. <laughs> Forgive you me know? the
1: good news. You're promoted.
3: Yeah, congratulations. Again, he goes back to this other, you know, the other cop in the room is is fairly unremarkable in this scene. You could hey, have had this scene a, without yeah. him.
2: He was a guest on the Batman News. I don't think you should badmouth him too much.
3: Yeah, I
0: would, <laughs> if I would, you want to listen
2: sure. to that uh, interview, you can on the Batman News interviews. He's, a, he's a really
0: nice person, but I hate his character. I hate the way he's written. I hate his storyline. I hate everything about him. The
1: only thing I've seen him in is Transporter 2, which I enjoy. That was a Jason Statham movie. I think this is Dustin's fa- least favorite scene in the movie, so we should uh probably comment on... as I know everybody's like, you know, why did they make with the sex? And I don't this, really care.
3: It goes 0 to 60 in like five seconds. I
2: mean, well, 0 to 60.
1: Well, speaking of 0 to 60, oh. her, <laughs> her chest is apparently rather uh, distracting. But th- this right here, I think this this explains the emotional... Uh, level that Bruce Wayne is on, you know, he's feeling low. Rachel's dead. Alfred's gone. They're taking everything. And like, and then obviously Talia right here is, is playing him. So I, to me, I think this makes the perfect sense. At least in retrospect. I think at the time, you're sort of like, Oh, this is another Hollywood sex scene, which never makes any sense. But I think once you know the story, it, it, it is very logical. This is the part where Joe says it's not. So.
3: <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense. To me. I mean, I, I understand that you know Bruce is in a delicate emotional state and everything, and the power just went out. But I don't know. But I mean, again, she's probably trying to seduce him, so you have to add that into the mix too. That you know she's doing this for an ulterior
2: motive.
4: Yeah.
1: She has like a carpet around her, so that must feel really uncomfortable.
2: Maybe she likes it rough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: dear.
3: That's uh, tricky, I like that one.
1: This commentary is ready. PG-13 for provocative language.
3: Back under the other cover.
1: Yeah,
0: that's some sort of weird fur blanket.
1: I have more of a problem with the sex scene in Batman 89 than I do with this movie, to be honest. Batman gets a woman drunk and has his way with her. I like this transition. This is pretty cool. It's time to go to work.
2: And then the uh, obligatory again. <laughs> Batman standing on a high pointing in Gotham.
1: He's like, I run this city.
0: I did I like know, that I shot. Of,
2: I get why they're in there, because they're, you know, I guess they look cool. But they're so pointless. I mean, Batman would have to go out of his way to get up there, just to look around. It's in the
1: comics, though, so I guess the, the same rule applies. For what, sorry? Like, he does that in the comics, though, standing over long stretches of sky.
3: Well, I think he's a bird watcher, isn't he? Isn't his hobby?
1: Uh, Yeah, didn't you read that one issue where he did that? I also think that, like, Christian Bale attained the perfect physique for Batman this, because in the first one, he was a little too heavy and and then the second one I thought he was a little too thin so I thought this was pretty he looked pretty super heroic in this. I like this scene where
2: they're casually walking in he their costumes. you kind had to uh, bulk up against somebody hardy though didn't True.
1: And he also I also thought that like uh because Catwoman's actually playing him when she says he's behind you she's probably serious because like all these guys are reacting to her so we think that she's along with Batman but she might not be.
2: That's another very Dark Knight Returns, seeing him jump through the gunfire. Oh yeah, it is.
1: Boss fight.
0: It's okay. He'll level up.
2: It's a serious mistake. My mouth (laughs) is still open.
1: (laughs) You, I feel. Awesome. We made a lot of jokes about this in Batman Robin commentary on the Backworld Oracle. (laughs) Where they're fighting the ice cream store. Mr. Wayne.
2: Yeah, some of those inflections.
1: So what do we think? I mean, the fight's not actually... It's about to start here, but what do we think about the fight generally? This is the most brutal fight that we've seen in these movies.
3: I mean, he gets the... I mean, I don't know this is a nice way to put this, but he gets the hell beat out of him. You know, I mean, this is the first time that I can... You know, we've, you've seen such a, a dramatic beatdown, especially at the end when he's basically an unconscious and bane is just beating on my
1: captions say Batman grunting <laughs> yeah I mean I think for again from mainstream audiences they don't think they've ever seen Batman destroyed like this and then you know fans of Nightfall like us this is like you know what happens so it's like yeah get used to it he's not gonna win
2: and', as, and just as, seeing Batman put everything into it as well
1: and it's very clearly the actors doing it which is very nice. Did it didn't hire somebody a stunt double to scream like Christian Bale did
0: for the fight? I like the way Bane just absorbs every punch and it, it doesn't <laughs> even phase him. Like, you know, there's no way that any of this is even getting through to him because he just turns and then he is like, All right, well, you kind of had your chance. Now it's my turn.
1: I love, I love the stage. I also like the implementation of the gadgets. He's throwing everything he has at him. I think of the Batman universe, people were trying to speculate like, who the person was behind, like like watching him. Like, ooh, who was that? Or at least the internet did, but it's nobody.
0: Not the <laughs> villain, nobody though, right? Because he's oh, dead.
1: It's true. It you yeah. are
4: by a gang of psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh.
3: I like it. I mean, he really, he really has no chance in this, right? I mean, if you watch it, it's, it's, it's very one-sided.
1: On one hand, it's kind of reminiscent of the, of the fight between him and the mutant leader in Dark Knight Returns. And then also it's a connection to Nightfall when he got his back broken. So it's double-fold because Batman's been out of the game a lot. And I, I had a friend who didn't like that because it wasn't a fair fight because he's not been Batman for years anyway. I think, I think he connects on multiple levels.
2: How do you feel about the, uh, Raz El Ghul instead of Raish, which is the correct first thing
1: no, I like Raich. I don't like when they say Ross. Yeah. This is a great quote by Bane. This is really nice.
4: I was born in it, molded by
1: it. Already, I'm at.
3: I think it's it's also just reinforcing the 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 one sidedness of this. That this is a bad matchup for him.
1: Well, this is just like a great superhero supervillain fight. It's like you care about what's going on, which i that's another thing I think these movies do well. I mean, how often in, when you're watching a superhero movie do you question whether the hero is going to make it out or not?
3: Almost you know, never.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love the Avengers. Don't get me wrong. I won't say a bad thing about that movie, but I don't think anybody was thinking, you know, can they really beat Loki? But I mean, this. I mean, especially with the Dark Knight, I think a lot of people had were left in suspense, and I think that. It's a make-or-break point of these movies. I think it either works really well or then it it's just a comic movie if you actually feel fear for the characters' lives.
3: Well, I think that, yeah, you're you're right, especially since we knew this was the last one that Nolan was doing, and there was already so much speculation that people were going to die and things like that that you actually had a sense that you could kill a character in this movie.
1: Here we go. I must break you. Snap. I I honestly went in this movie not thinking there was ever any chance he was going to do that, so I was shocked when that happened.
2: Yeah, it's not yeah quite I was waiting that for that, it. Uh, it's not you quite had to, to the love it when it happened, Marvel, but it's still cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's not like the big splash page, but seeing that happen, I think people were like, and then I were like, "Holy crap, Batman got his back snapped!" And granted, he has a vertebrae popped out. It's not the same thing, but yeah, I like I, the uh,
0: the surgery they do on him later. The donkey punch. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can we I say that? that?
1: Yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> Leave that a, a uh, I was sitting here wondering if that meant the same thing over
1: there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Certain vulgarities always translate. I love, the, I love her wardrobe here because it's very Tim Sale, like very, like right out of when in Rome. I know I've mentioned that yeah. before. What do you guys think about the soundtrack in the this movie? Is he I the, was the told, Catwoman theme right now.
3: I was shocked it didn't get nominated for an Oscar, to be honest.
2: I, uh, I've i heard something about that. Um, I think because it uses samples or something, apparently. And uh, the Academy the Academy looked down on any electronic influence in their soundtracks. It's not seen as a proper soundtrack. So... Uh, I think, from using that. Apparently. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard.
1: Is that the, the sample that the showed show at the end of the movie? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a respectably sized file, Selena Kyle. Good for you.
2: Considering no She's... one knows who she is. Yeah. <laughs> so, hmm, this could be her. <laughs> right.
1: Over condescending.
2: I, I do love, yeah, I was going to say I love how condescending she is.
1: <laughs> By the way, I was looking for Batman. you seen him? How does he know that that she would have something to do with him, though? That's, that's a funny question.
2: I don't think he's explicit. Well,
1: he's like, did they kill him? And that's supposed to imply that they both know who he really is, so I'm not sure exactly what that was supposed to imply to the characters, but whatever.
3: Here, Here comes the first appearance of our Hole in the ground. As opposed to a wall. You're welcome, it. What did everyone think that's, about the concept of this prison?
1: I'll say, to me, it's reminded me of, like, you know, Santa Prisca. So it, the idea of that made a lot of sense.
0: I just always assumed that even though they didn't call it that, it was Santa Prisca, so I agreed, I agree with Don, the, the concept was fine with me you know, the fact that it's a hole in the ground was what it was supposed to be.
2: Is that what Santa Prisca is then? Is that just a, I mean with the uh, the way to get out, supposedly is that in there as well? I don't think so. I I, I didn't think it was.
0: No, but I think Bane is kept
1: in a hole in the ground in Santa Prisca. It's a like, it's, it's the same basic kind of prison, but I don't think like they're yeah. big it in, in a gigantic well.
2: I'm not sure how I felt about the whole, you know, uh, you, you know, because you see the light, you have hope, and then that's going to break you. I'm not sure.
1: It's a little philosophical, but I, I can kind of roll with it. But I, I can see understand people who wouldn't.
2: I think that's kind of the thing with these films, though, is that I feel that some people like them because they have deeper meanings, but they're so kind of on the nose that I, I'm not impressed by them or anything. So, like, the first movie is very clearly about fear, the second one about chaos and stuff, and in the script they'll out-and-out out say what the theme is, and then people will come away from it going, Oh yeah, no, but you don't get it. The film's all about actually but all about this. It's like, yeah, but they said that in the film.
1: That's actually So you kind of have these
2: you have these people not everyone obviously, but you have some people coming away thinking that they have some deeper meaning and they're just yeah.
1: I think that like that's a that's a fair criticism to put play on them, that uh they're actually very rather explicit about what the movie's about. But to me it's the fact that like they're actually having those kind of themes discussed with these sort of like combo characters in a movie uh targeted towards people who aren't comic book readers. To me, I find that really impressive that they get away with that. And I and I, I think that they pull them off well enough that they that they end up getting yeah know getting away with, you know, saying this is about this, Batman, then I don't really mind it as much as I probably should. Burn calls this meeting to order.
0: I would pay money to read the board member Bane comic book.
1: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> That's a crossover.
4: <laughs> You're <fired>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah, Bane's celebrity apprentice. Oh, God.
4: <laughs> what do you mean? It was your turn to bring the coffee. <laughs>
1: out there and smoke him out said Gary Oldman
3: he's getting angry cooped up in that hotel room or that, that hospital too long <laughs> 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 it's a bad hotel
1: that was sort of like a, a glib line oh he, Blake you told me that Batman's gone and I believe you somehow like as a way for Gordon not to worry about his, where his friend's gone so we don't have to hear him whine about it every five minutes
0: I'm not sure how well that was pulled off. Well, he's still recovering from a gunshot, so he's probably pretty doped up.
2: I like how it takes longer for Gordon to get over a gunshot in the leg than Batman to get over a broken back.
3: (laughs) Because he's the Batman, you see. Gordon's in poor health. He's he's a smoker, you know, bad diet.
1: His vision's not great.
0: And Batman has the finest medical care available in this prison. <laughs>
3: <laughs> a rope and a homeless doctor, yeah,
0: and a babbling madman.
3: Yes, I don't. I don't know if he wanted to save Gotham or just wanted to get away from these guys. That's why he wanted to get out of here so bad.
1: Whoops! <laughs> uh, I think this this bit is very comic booky, but. Uh, is also kind of like, uh, I think it works fine, but like, for the movie, it feels a little bit, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it totally. It's not really a surprise when Batman makes it out of the hole, which is what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> we just saw the clip of the little girl. I think even not knowing it's a girl, it's pretty clear. Um, unless that's just me seeing it through uh. Well, on
0: the one hand, it is a eyes. really, It is a really feminine face, but it's a shaved head. And on the other hand, Tom Hardy, without the mask, he's got that same mouth. He's got those really full lips. He's got kind of a feminine face. Shut up, Don. Not hitting on him. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) I'm not trying to imply that just yet. Yeah, Uh, he does. He's got the really full lips, and he looks like that could be playing younger him. That, that, a. Chinese dude or Asian guy, like like
1: Blake's partner. I I feel I've seen him before in some movie, but I can't remember where. Maybe it was in Rush Hour. That was Jackie Chan. <sighs> Among many Asians in Rush Hour, or Rush Hour and two and three. That guy does look familiar, doesn't he? I, I feel I've seen him before. I I can I, to this day I don't know where he's from. I don't know the man's name.
2: To IMDb. <laughs> I
1: call. Morgan Freeman doesn't care if one of his friends gets killed, right here. Okay, kill him, sure.
3: It is a good argument, though, because couldn't they just like cut his hand off? Yeah. Or, that uh, was what
0: I was thinking when I was watching it.
3: <laughs> I put his day. Yeah, Put his hand in the freezer when you're done.
2: You know. Have any of you seen the how the dark Knight rises should have ended? because there's a bit where they say why doesn't he just flood the whole thing right then and there he might kill himself
4: do your work
3: for some reason I like this guy who plays the doctor I don't know why but he seems like he's genuinely scared
1: He's good. He's, he's, he's genuinely scared. He's genuinely Russian. He's genuinely a brilliant scientist. I like these scenes with Blake here because they show, you know, he's built up to his heroism. And I think that by this point, you're rooting for him because he's not an idiot. He's a good guy.
3: Well, it's showing some of, again, what you talked about the, the different parts of a Robin that are within him. It's showing him some of the detective skills of yeah. kind of like the, of kind of like the Batman sidekick that would have to have some, you know, pretty good detective skills to be a useful sidekick.
1: Absolutely. No, you cannot. I get a lot of Bruce Bannerisms from this guy. Like, you can't do this. <laughs> and as we all know, Bane's a brilliant mathematician.
3: Oh, absolutely. It's part of the classes they they taught in that hole in the wall he grew up in. <laughs>
1: Music here is really good too. I, I have the soundtrack, and the Dark Knight soundtrack is really nice. Hans Zimmer does a good score. Indeed. You see the guy with the gun behind his hand, behind his back.
3: See, <laughs> so I, I love this scene because when when Blake shoots, you know, Thug Number Two or whatever his credit is at is here. Um, he kind of has that you know that revulsion when he throws the gun away. You
1: no, know, he clearly was was sickened by what he did, even though that's within legal right of the law.
3: Oh, and he's cl- it's clearly self-defense but I think again I, I just I like that if he's gonna be a, a, a bat sidekick this is the appropriate reaction
1: like, like right? right here like to me this is like you know oh they're clearly doing some sort of like partner thing with him later on. Like, like, no other person would do that unless they're part of the bat
0: family. Well and I think part of it was that it wasn't him shooting at the person because he shot at the truck and it ricocheted and killed him. Because yeah. he would have shot to disarm first. He would not have shot to kill. Yeah, because he, he was questioning the guy. He, wanted to, yeah, yeah. he was questioning him. He didn't mean to kill him. So I think part of it was the fact that he took a life without it being the his purpose right there.
3: Yeah. That's just a great reaction. I love it. I mean, it's, it's – because mm-hmm. think about it. After we have the big reveal on with the, that he's, you know, quote-unquote Robin, what the reaction would have been if Robin had just gunned down a guy and hadn't cared about it. <laughs> you know?
0: I was really happy to see the mayor die. Really?
1: I was I was a bit surprised, although in this movie I didn't mind.
3: I know that guy's not Andy Garcia, but I always think of him as Mayor Andy Garcia. I know that's not right, but...
1: He's the guy who looks like he has eyeliner on, but he actually doesn't.
0: He was on Lost.
2: That's like a trailer
3: scene, here. Yeah. yeah. How freaky is it when Bane says, you know, oh, he's got a beautiful voice. I'm like, that's just...
1: Freaky. <laughs> Th- there's a shot here where someone like because they're fighting Rabbit City there- Rabbit City has like the Tim Drake art in the- one of the signs which is pretty cool. I saw this this kid's credited in, in the credits I forgot his name it's like something with a C. Hey,
3: hey you're about to die. I got this.
1: <laughs> is he being sarcastic or what? It's like Joker saying that Maggie Gilhan is beautiful.
2: We don't know. I think, I'd like I think him to join in. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that may have been the highlight of the franchise
1: i am disappointed that that that, that uh that it's not the gotham knights which is legitimately yeah. the, the football team i thought it was their basketball team it's, part
0: so of it's sports people. it's their generic sports team that yeah. when it has to when they have to go to a
1: sporting event, it's the, the Gotham the movie, Knights. The movie's called Knights. It probably, probably, probably would have been two on
3: the nose, but I don't care. That's the, that's the team. That's the thing. It goes back to what we talked about earlier. Why change something that doesn't have any benefit of changing, you know? By calling them yeah. the Rogues over the night, that has zero benefit to the storyline yeah. or, you know? If this is a Flash movie, then I would be fine with it, but it's not.
0: Well, and it's almost worse that they call them the rogues because you always refer to a rogues gallery. That's saying that, you know, that what guys. represents your city is the bad guys.
1: This part here is a little hard to buy. That all the city's cops would not only be on there, but all survive.
0: I don't think they all survive. I think that's a little optimistic.
3: And I think there's still some above ground because Gordon's uh, got his the- little squad, but not many.
1: Hey! What a great like touchdown! <laughs> uh oh.
2: I like how he knows where to stop.
1: Well, I think we touchdown right there, and we never see. Well, seen and he didn't yet.
2: hear the explosion.
1: Well, you know, when you're running in the NFL, you
4: have other okay. things
1: on your mind.
2: Yeah, I know exactly what that's like.
1: Here's your, <laughs> here's your no man's land entrance.
2: Here it is. Yep. That's uh, Chicago, right?
4: Uh, Pittsburgh.
1: Dustin, Dustin, is that Chicago? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can see what else from here. As it burns to the ground. <laughs> is that cold outside? He's wearing that overcoat. There's bird and trog and zombie. No, it's not.
0: If I were him, I would wear that overcoat everywhere. I'll wear that mask everywhere. Well, yeah, that too. Josh, Odd sunburn lines. Josh
1: Bertone has that mask. He for Halloween. Oh, did he? Out. Yeah, he's, he's, he was rocking it out
3: last night. I saw it on Facebook. I keep thinking people in the crowd are going, what's he saying? I can't hear him, you know? <laughs> Is that Batman? What's he talking about? I can't understand this guy.
1: I like this scene with Gordon and, and Blake rushing. I think that's, that's really thrilling. And the music in the background. The assassins.
3: I think it's another you know positive character trait for Gordon though, that he you know Blake comes in running to save him, but he's already saved himself.
1: Yeah, by this time Gordon's you know a B A M F. Bam. Yeah, there you go. But I
3: think it's I think it's great. I think it's consistency of his character. You know, there, he's,
1: he's reaching for his gun, but we don't know what he's doing. Yeah, he's just so so old and frail; like he barely gets out of the bed, and like you see young George Joseph Gordon Levitt rushing there with a shotgun or a rifle, or whatever it is, and like. He's looking all heroic. I'm coming.
3: it's like, I got it.
2: They all know where Gordon is, of course.
3: I, th- I,
1: this, I think this thing's really nice because you care. About, by this time, you really care about these characters, so it's, it really, uh, really works well.
0: Let's do this. I like Gordon's reaction when. Joseph Gordon-Levitt walks in. Get my coat. Clear the corners, rookie.
3: (laughs) Grab me a cup of coffee and a bagel. We're out of here. (laughs) Give
1: me some donuts. Need a schmear.
3: This is like what's supposed to be anonymous NORAD command center, I take it?
1: Uh, Yeah. I see Doritos... Product placement, clearly.
3: And this scene is, is interesting where he just, you know, has him testify and then just shoots him in the head.
1: Oh, he snaps his neck. He snaps his neck, his
3: snaps his neck that's right. Yep.
1: And that's a, I was going to comment back when he killed that guy uh, during the Gordon scene where Gordon was shot. That's something that, that Bain did a lot. Bane was a killer in the comics. Like, he killed anybody for like very little reasons. So you have outlived those. your usefulness. Uh, you can die now. Right here. And that's brutal, but it's that's the character. And it's also like Christopher. I mean, people say these movies are too dark. There's a lot of things going on, but these, these movies don't aren't gratuitous with the violence. They kind of cut away when the guy's neck is snapped. They don't. They don't. You know, show his dead eyes go wall and
3: everything. Well, if you think yeah. about it, I can't think of one incident in all the Nolan movies where there is blood. Or more, or more violence than like the like the I think Batman
1: Returns is possibly the most most violent. Said 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 McDonald's.
2: I mean, you just saw his face get burnt off.
1: Well, yeah, that's actually cut out in the TV version of The Dark Knight. But uh, oh, is it really? Yeah, like in that scene, like when Batman's trying to help his face, that's cut out in like on TNT or whatever aired at.
2: This hasn't actually shown over here on TV yet.
1: Hold your
2: close. I do like he's, uh, that he's on the Jumbo screen as well. Sounds clearly filming him. But I, I did, don't know what ne- angle that.
3: I never caught that before you just said that. That's that's cool.
1: I, I like this line. Get the prison on the line. Like, it's that bad. I, that, that makes it. Like, that's right here. We're in no man's land this time. Because the is like, you know, we're not going to ban up in the city. And that's exactly what they do.
3: Which is, you know one of the one of the, the biggest changes between this and No Man's Land from this point forward is and even in this story in Dark Knight Rises Bane lets him send food in, you know right yeah I, I mean No Man's Land nothing's nothing's allowed in even Bane the the, the awful terrorist lets him bring food in you know
1: because he gives them the false uh the false uh concept of hope yep this guy's so cocky
4: we're gonna kill you ho <laughs>
1: This is the guy I think he should have been Bird. The guy from CSI. Or wherever he's from. Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds, yeah. Pardon me. Well, there goes my smile.
2: He doesn't question it either. He's not like, what do you mean? How is it going to explode? He's like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Just, oh, seems legit.
2: This is guy's some from kind of uh, tripwire or what's going on here?
1: This guy's William Devane. He's from 24. He was like one of the seasons. That looks so defeated.
2: No one's cleaned up his face yet. That's true. The stain of ketchup on his forehead.
1: The president also says that. Yeah, no. The president also said that this is the, the the city, the nation's greatest city. So, like Metropolis must be like screw you.
2: Metropolis doesn't <laughs> exist in the Nolan verse.
1: <laughs> of course it doesn't.
3: Not until the next Nolan
2: <laughs> produced movie <laughs> comes out. And so you got the Man of Steel and it's just like a complete dump. Oh.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he does have an agenda.
3: And again, we have Blake having conversations in cars with people, which he does, it seems, a lot in this movie with Bruce and then Gordon.
1: That's what Robin's there for. I will say that this part, from here on in, until I, I do start to... My interest is it does wane a bit. And, like, it's, it's good stuff going on, but, like, I, I do kind of... Wish Batman was in it a little bit more. At least at least Black 8. they didn't they didn't re- rename the pl- prison. It's still Blackgate from the comics. Yeah, that, that's another
3: like that's another good reference that it, you know would have been silly if they'd called it you know JoJo's prison.
1: Or yeah, this scene is brilliant though. I love this scene.
3: I, I
2: actually think that Tom Hardy does it.
1: the best part in, in this movie.
2: That's funny. It would have been better if he just kept. Harvey Dent's picture just ripped it in half just right down the middle and that was it. <laughs> oh,
1: I didn't get to the point that he tears in half.
2: Oh, it must be a head.
1: This is... I love this.
3: Oh, the, 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 the letter reading. I mean, it's it does reek of carelessness for Jim to wrote this down.
2: You know? The only problem is the whole of Gotham just believes this criminal this... this guys holding them all as hostages
1: well you say that but I think that like for one they, they cut to the crooks not the people and also Gordon's not he's still commissioner at the end so they don't accept his resignation my own child his reading of this is really nice it's like condescending yet impassioned at the same time and I like, I like the re- I like the writing of it like how you see Gordon writing these words down like he like the, I, I, I condemn the man who saved my, my child from a serial killer or whatever.
2: I find it interesting that the prisoners of Blackgate just get to watch TV 24 7. Yeah, what's you looking
1: at? <laughs> That's true. Uh, private prisons. Martha Stewart.
2: I, I, would say I don't get John Blake's sudden turn on Commissioner Gordon.
1: Yeah, this, I don't like this.
2: Because I always, I definitely take it as it was for the better.
1: Well it's like, you know it's like, you know, you're a bad man, Commissioner Gordon, and I don't like you. It's like it almost makes him look bad, like well we know more than Blake does about how you need a Batman. That's the point of the movies. So I'm not sure why this kind of makes him look so weaselly and evil.
2: The other thing is, I mean, it was Batman's idea and for Yeah, I mean, it's not like John it was his Blake, idea. Who's, for John Blake who's so like, Oh yeah, we need a Batman, Batman is awesome, he's my hero, we need him back to be so opposed to one of his ideas.
3: Well, and he really doesn't even – I mean he doesn't really give Gordon – Gordon trying to give us this little explanation thing that's going on now. But Blake's still like – you look at him, look the look on his face. Ah, you are disgusting. You know?
1: You also think – well, maybe it's, it's sort of like a, a connection towards later on where he doesn't like the shackles of the law and quits being a cop. So maybe that sort of influences it. But yeah, at, at the time, this scene – I like it for what it is, but it doesn't – it makes Blake look <laughs> – it makes Gordon look bad. And I'm not sure – how it can because we know <laughs> tom hardy don't you please <laughs> oh goodness
0: um i i think the reason that blake gets so impassioned about it is we've seen above all else he thinks the city needs batman and gordon even though yes it was a batman's suggestion betrayed that
1: yeah, he destroyed the bat he, signal
0: yeah he he took away Batman from the city. And oh, I that's think a good point. That's where his his that's anger very, is coming from. It's a very good point. I think
2: this scene here is very reminiscent of uh, Schindler's List. <laughs> I don't think that's quite the thing they were going for, but
0: no, but it's so terrible to see—not necessarily the young people being displaced, but like you watch the old, pe- yeah, this the guy in the robe. Who's that? Just like I- I'm sorry, I surrender. There's a scene where they show—he's got to be like an 85-year-old guy being thrown out of his home and walking down the street with his hands up. That kills me
3: every time.
1: Well, kind of—they always show like like people who are apparently wealthy being put out. They'll show well, yeah. everybody in the, in the city.
3: And I think that's the interesting reaction you get from Selena with the Holly—not Holly—the the Holly character <laughs> in in the movie when you know. It coming up, I know it's a little bit down the road. But it's the same same talk about it, is that you know isn't this what you always wanted? And when it actually happens, you realize this isn't really what I you want. Know? Right. The idea is better than the actual reality. And how does the government not know that the bomb is going to take it down? That's later. Sorry. Yeah,
2: but, and then there's a the whole thing about why does it have a timer on? If it's just supposed to be like a the half life breaking down and
1: yeah. Uh, someone someone brought that to my attention, and I can't pretend to care, but I guess it doesn't make sense. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's the sort of thing where, like, when you're in the moment, you know, it doesn't bother you, but you kind of look at it and go, hmm, it doesn't really make any sense. It's a comic book movie. I don't
1: <laughs> think that this movie is, like, like the, the uh, weakest in terms of, like, proficiency. I still really like it, but I think that, like, even in terms of, like, consistency, Begins and TDK are probably better than this. This probably has the most problems, but... Still, it's it's still really good. So, like the most problems don't really matter in the long run. It's not like you know, oh, there's a timer on the bomb, zero stars.
3: Well, I think any time that a movie is done well enough, where you have to pick apart little things, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that's a sign of a really good movie. That's true. Because we have we have to pick apart like it's it's fun stuff to kind of play around with all the timer on the bomb, but but the reality is the because the movie plot. Basic overall plot, the acting, the cinematography is also good. That that's kind of what we're left with on Nolan's movies is the little petty stuff.
1: I so. As Josh Pence as younger Rachel Gould, people thought that he was going to be Rachel Gould resurrected, but tis not the case. And This is also like Bane's origin in the comics is virtually this: he's the the, the son of a of a criminal who was condemned into prison and bored in the prison, so
0: and forced to serve out his sentence. Absolutely. See, I think there was great misdirection with this flashback. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I know that's what they were going for. And had that interview not come out, I would have <laughs> bought it, hook, line, and sinker. And like I did. Yeah, and I would have been super wonderfully shocked. Like I went Things. and sat with two, two of my friends for the midnight showing, and one of them turned to me during the reveal and was like, "Wait, what?" I just kind of pointed him back to
2: the screen. The only thing is, even while watching this the first time, and I didn't know what was going on. That the guy who's protecting—Who uh, yeah, would that be? Young girl Talia, He. You can just tell it's Tom Hardy, or at least I could. The the build is so is such a big guy. I was thought. I was thinking, you know, if, <laughs> if it doesn't turn out to actually be Bane, then in the credits it's going to say, you know, protector. Also played by Tom Hardy.
1: <laughs> I enjoy seeing Christian Bale screaming pain. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> You're sick. This scene's brilliant. Oh, I remember like when I saw this, I was like, "Dude, no way!" I love this. I love. I love. I, movies.
2: I don't think it's as committed as it should be. As what? I don't think it's as committed as it should be. It should either be just this, and then take out.
1: Oh, the ending. Yeah, the ending. where
2: it seems like a dream, or have it just a dream sequence, because you're shutting out an audience either way, because either you're going to be a comic fan and go, oh, wow, Lazarus Pitt, that's why he's there, you know. Or you're going to be like, you know, it's a dream. What the hell? But then having it, you know, new information, and then mixed with... A dream, you know, it, it I would of, agree
1: with that. I think that, like, the little, you know, cartoonish fading away kind of does a disservice, because, you know, you could, you could have them scream and then sort of wake up. So it's the same. it's the same general effect without... With, with enough ambig- ambiguity.
3: Yeah, because he's not dreaming here. He's del- he's having a delusion. Yeah, he's hallucinating.
0: Yeah. Well, if he's hallucinating, who's to say that this is even, like, okay, yes, he's seeing Rachel Gould talk to him, but who's to say this isn't someone else giving him this information at the same time, and his, you know, pain-riddled brain is saying, this is what's actually happening. You
1: also argue that that Rachel Gould can now teleport, and that's what happened.
0: That's
1: true too this is a comic movie. Even though yeah, he could never do that in the comics. That's nice. See I like these scenes.
3: You haven't seen uh Gould's Gools new uh, origin in the new 52 yet maybe he can teleport.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Written by Scott Lobdell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's written by Scott Lobdell and everything sucks because of it. But that's not what we're talking about today. Let's not get political.
2: Kind of fitting that it's snowing in Gotham because it's we got about a foot of snow over the The winter
1: the winter of their discontent.
0: Are you guys I, got about a foot?
2: Yeah. I know, don't you start because you're going to be like, Oh yeah, well it's buried <laughs> by six foot of snow today. I just no, just no. through it.
0: We uh no, we had a Chinook, so most of our snow is, is going, but yeah, <laughs> we got about a foot and a half last week.
1: Didn't you say, Melinda, in the special that you thought that, that Holly's uh relationship to Selena was a little more than what it might it, appear?
0: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Because of that scene just now? Um, I'm not saying Selena's relationship with Holly is more than it appears, but Holly's relationship with Selena, yes.
1: That's interesting. Because I I think Holly is gay in the comics. I think that was eventually made to be a thing. I I remember reading about that. I didn't read read that specifically, but...
0: Well, just the body language that she employs, um, the proximity she stands to her... Selena is her whole world. And th- that was very much clear in the last scene. Interesting.
2: Could you not Actually, also flip it it's more like a mother daughter relationship? Or?
0: Nope. Bad, bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> a very wrong relationship.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm in a hole, but at least I have cable.
0: I and on, on rec- the plus side, I can work out all day.
1: Like a beast.
2: Do you think that guy works there, or is he just another prisoner?
0: The doctor or the other guy? He goes home at night.
2: The one tying him to the rope. Hmm. And why don't they just scale the wall like, with the rope?
1: You know what? Another thing I like about these movies is they, they give a very uh, global feel to these movies. It's not just America. There's a lot of Asian and Middle Eastern... Uh, uh, essence and uh, with, you know, with people here and there and talking different languages. And I appreciate that in, in a modern comic book movie, which comic, book, you know, in an American comic book movie, which are using characters that are, are very much American. I think that's actually pretty cool because the Batman, especially in the seventies, was very global. So it fits with the character from a certain,
0: uh, era. Uh, Joe, I don't think you can scale out of the prison using the rope, because A, it's fastened halfway up, and B, the rock texture changes at the point that you reach that first platform.
1: (laughs) There's a tech-up for no reason?
0: Yeah. Just, just Joe being wrong. Okay, yeah, wow, I never noticed the physique of the protector.
3: I totally missed all of that. I had no idea. I was totally lost on that.
1: I was too busy looking at my popcorn. I thought it was Bane.
3: I did, the whole time I thought the kid was Bane. I never got it.
0: Well,
3: you were supposed it. to think
2: that. I admit it, I'm dumb. It's this fine, stuff, you're new, you'll
1: learn. Yeah, this, this, this stuff kind of grabs me less. Like, I, I'm not... I, I understand that it's, it's, it's pointing the plot, but I kind of wish it were a little brisker. That's the word? I don't or, care or, about or, the or, people who've
2: got them suffering. just want to see Batman kicking ass. I,
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I care about Gordon <laughs> blank, crap. but... I mean, no, I mean, I like this stuff for what it is, but I think this is the stuff we're kind of, like it feels a little distracting. At least with the Dark Knight, you had Dent and Gordon to kind of care about who were comic characters. I mean, the, I think right here, it, I see what they're doing in terms of the plot, but it feels, uh, I don't know. I I, I just, th- this is the kind of part like in the DVD that I, I would skip over, to be honest. And it kind of, it kind of what makes it, puts this in third place for me because it's less, uh, you know, action and more, and you know, like, you know, if this really happened, what would happen? And th- you know, it's sort of really up to perspective or up to, you know, subjective opinion.
3: It does drag, certainly, at, at points. There's no doubt this movie has some serious drag issues, and I think this part is probably the biggest part of the movie that you kind of go, especially in rewatching. and okay, get on with it, let's go, you know?
0: Yeah, dragging is a good word for it, honestly. But at least you have the comfort of, it doesn't last very long. See, Relatively. that Feels part, like
4: there,
3: it does. Uh, it, it feels like it lasts forever. That part there where they're putting the little bats on the wall, and then later on with the fire bat, that always makes me think of, of No Man's Land with the tagging. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: I do like how they kind of repeatedly refer to Blake's impetuousness and, you know, youthful, uh, uh, aspirations, I suppose. That's not a word. It's like, he's sort of like, you know, his edge. Because it does relate towards a Robin type of character who's, you know, less experienced and more ambitious than anything else. Because they're, they're repeatedly saying, like, you know, oh, go away, you know, you you're, don't head. know this.
3: Of course, the Wayne board's still living on top of Wayne Tower. and But they're
0: they have hobo the... fires. That's how you know they're in a desperate situation.
3: Uh, they, they don't look malnourished or anything, you know. In three weeks. Again, it's, you're struck by how much, because of the length of this movie, how much the supporting cast really helps carry this movie with Morgan Freeman and Cotier and all these. I mean, the supporting cast really has a major part in keeping this plot moving forward.
0: Well, Batman's gone for so much of it, yeah.
3: It is a it is a kind of a, a bold move by, by Christopher Nolan to make to make the Batman movie your finale and keep him out of so much of the movie.
1: Yeah, it's it's very ambitious, but uh, I mean I mean that's sort of my problem. I mean, No Man Land, No Man's Land is an excellent story, but I have a hard time getting into it like the first two fifths of it. It's around the third volume that I really start to love it. But uh it's sort of like the kind of Batmanless essence that I don't typically get grabbed by. It's, it's, yeah, you know, it
2: didn't seem to work for a lot of people in uh, Batman Returns, did it?
1: No. Well, that was the because the the plot was more interested in the villains than it was in Batman, uh, to a rather obvious degree.
3: Well, and two, it's it's funny enough because the stories are so similar, but No Man's Land and Dark Knight Rises suffer from the same the same problems: it's dragging. You know, it's the story has points where you're like, "Come on, come on, let's go." Central Command.
1: That part is actually rather the probably the most bleakest aspect of the movie. Seeing hanging Bodies in Gotham City. Well that's what the cult that's from? With the the scene with the hanging bodies. Nice catch. You are my son. (laughs) This is a nice line. I ain't afraid. I'm angry. I'm hungry.
3: I'm gonna go climb that wall now.
0: Give me that ubu. But I'm not taking any supplies for my journey, and I will tie myself. That's
3: true. Like if he gets out this time, good point. Yeah, he he's screwed.
2: I'm I'd in the like desert. Does not make it again the second time. Yeah, that's uh, when you kind of think, oh yeah, he's gonna do it this time.
1: Cameo from Linus Roach. Plays Michael Cutter on Law and Order as a boss.
3: It could have been a really interesting way if he'd got out the first time and realized he packed no water and had to come back in and do it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. What a farce.
3: Just gonna try this one more time.
1: <laughs> Alright, hey, I'm coming back down, but I'm coming back out. And I was like, yeah, right. I
3: already did it once. Who cares about the second time?
0: There's like ugh, seen this before.
2: What do you hear when they're chanting?
1: Something, uh, something, blah blah, something, something, blah blah.
2: All I can hear is this: "This Sparta, Sparta." This <laughs> is
1: King Leonidas's prison.
0: <laughs> just waiting there to kick him right back down when he gets up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this part I thought was—I thought I kind of wish that Batman had this idea to do this on his own without the rope, than some old man telling him. I thought that would have been a little more interesting.
2: I, I also—I watched it. I was just like, "Why is he taking the rope? He's Batman." Although, admittedly, I think the first time I also thought that the guy, you know, holding it, the ballast at the other end was pulling it when they were trying to jump, just yanking them back down.
0: It's I don't think he's move. holding it. I think it's attached somewhere, and I think the rope is too short to allow you to jump from the one platform to the other. Yeah, it's attached.
2: Oh elsewhere. Also, rope is heavy, especially that thick. Right.
0: It's not that nice nylon stuff we use here. I actually kind of
1: like do like the idea that, if, ideally, if it's where Santa Prisco, Batman could escape from it. He still wants. He still wants Christian Bale to succeed.
3: When everyone's very excited when he escapes, too. Well,
1: it's just, it gives him hope. But I like that touch. The bats—it's a little—it's—it's it's obvious, but it's a nice touch nonetheless. And obviously,
2: no, he's rising. The uh, emperor's new groove. I don't remember how. <laughs> when uh, the emperor and Pacha are climbing up the mountain, and uh, he puts his face in a tiny hole in the mountain, and the bats fly out. Oh yeah. But we are watching Batman, so... That was a good movie. I'm surprised <gasps> he didn't get a run-up.
1: Yeah, he just kind of squatted so. down and, and leaped. I, I like that face. <laughs> he's like, oh! He's so happy, he's almost crying. Even though he's blind, and he can't see. Nice triumphant Batman theme right here. Now, this caused a, lot, a bit of uh, consternation, because people are like, how in hell did he get back to Gotham on foot? Also, why did he throw the rope
2: down? Let oh. all the criminals out. The- I was going to say, I mean... Is it implied that it's Bane's prison so that they're not actually criminals? Or well, he does, does he say like, this
0: is Bane's prison now. Yeah, they do say that.
2: But I don't know if that means that Bane's just put people in there instead of killing them like he usually does. I think you could argue it's, that it
1: could have been a nice thing to do, but maybe not a smart thing to do. Yeah.
2: Okay. Are you ta- he just thinks oh, there's no way they're going to survive out of here anyway.
0: And Don, were you talking about how he gets from wherever that prison is to Gotham in like however many hours? Yeah. Yeah, no. That's comic
4: book movie?
0: No. Oh, first of all, <laughs> love Scarecrow here. Yes. Yeah, he, he returns. <laughs> <like a boss. laughs> that was my favorite part. But also, that scene takes place after the 23-day announcement.
1: Oh, good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That makes a lot of sense. Actually, another there's a deleted uh, scene from the script that does explain because it's in the novel. But that actually makes a lot of sense that there is time for him to get back. And I, remember, I was talking to Josh about it. And he said he didn't mind it because Batman can do anything. Yeah, uh, no,
4: there's
1: like that, that, too. So, uh, that kind of thing I can buy. Sold to the man in way. Yeah,
2: it, it didn't bother me while I was watching it. But, uh, yeah.
4: Well, after the I fact you bringing things. it
0: up.
1: I like this guy from uh, Training Day, the the scary Hispanic dude. You try to swim, you're dead in minutes.
3: And I like the fact that there's, like, there's what, four people out there on the ice, so you get right. the feeling that they're just pushing them out there one after another, all day, every day. Bye
1: bye, Owen. Oh dun 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 The exciting music. I bet that the old cop is there for the plan from before. He's an integral part.
3: Well really the when when Bruce escapes from prison, the movie kinda picks up the pace again. That's really when it starts going back into kinda overdrive.
4: Hmm.
0: And I'd like to point out that that was less than ten minutes of film time since we said it drags right here.
1: Good point. That actually, th- yeah, that actually happens a lot when you think it drags, but it goes faster. It, it still, I don't know. I mean, this is the longest movie. I I still feel that they could have cut some of these, like you know, Gotham citizens suffer scenes.
4: Because
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's 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 necessary for the for the emotional pull, I suppose. But at the same time, I, I I feel as though you could still get more of it because I feel I feel the most emotion watching Bruce Wayne in prison than I do watching uh you know Bane walk around trolling people.
3: <laughs> you don't care about the common man.
1: I really don't. Duh, duh, duh,
3: duh, that's Bane.
1: <laughs> I mean, this scene again. I mean, it's a good scene, but it goes back to the point: does Foley need to be in here? I mean, all respect to Matthew Modine, I think he does a good job, but. It's his character inherently part of... I mean, it's, I guess the theme is rising, so he's rising
0: from a... No, 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 no. No, no. He does not rise. He does not redeem himself. He is the worst. And I will... Okay, uh, uh, whatever. Spoilers. So, they get the army of cops back. He doesn't agree to come back until he knows there's a group of people there to back him up.
1: Oh, so they, so they, they give him his balls rather than him finding him?
0: Yeah. I... I love I like I know we're supposed to be like, oh that's so great. He joined them. He marched down the street in his dress blues. Oh, that's such a wonderful message. No. He was a coward. He waited until he knew there were tons of people and that he might not die.
1: That is so Selena Kyle. Eating, taking a bite out of the apple and giving it to the kid or giving him stealing advice. And I love it. this part she shows a lot of compassion but doesn't actually say it. Like, look at her face. And then she's like covers it up and says there's a lot of that in these scenes. I've, I, it's really great acting from her. Was she? Did she? Did Has she won like an Academy Award in the past or was she nominated? She hosted them. Oh, okay. You trust me with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit when my back snapped in half, I thought of punching you in the face, but that was in the past.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true because the last time he saw her, she just led him into a trap with Bane. She sold him out.
2: Yeah, but I when think I... he sees that she can redeem herself. He sees something in her.
1: Before that knee hit his back, he's like, "When I get out of this, I'm giving Selena Kyle one square hit to the snap." <laughs>
2: maybe that's why. Maybe that's why he's lost because you know his his fight wasn't his mind wasn't on the fight. He's just thinking about Selena Kyle.
1: <laughs> I know she sold me out, but she's rather hot.
3: It's the outfit.
1: I also like that uh the really calm looking you know oh my friend Batman he'll do this yeah, in this movie i thought I thought it was kinda cool.
0: I am curious about how Bruce gets back into the city, but uh he bribed in helicopter a Batman. it's a comic
1: movie
2: i uh, I don't would care. take it that the You know, like some ways of Batman to get in and out.
4: I assume there's tunnels under the river. I
2: was gonna say it depends how uh, large you think his cave system
0: is. (laughs) Quite extensive.
2: I mean, according to uh, Batman comics, you know, there's there's ways of getting they're all connected because we saw in the latest issue of Batman. Oh, well, that's
1: This is also kind of a nod back to that scene from No Man's Land when Gordon was in trial. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, shut up, crane, I'm not doing anything you told me to.
3: Yeah, I love again, I love Gordon's attitude here, like, get out of here, Crane, I don't care what you say, you know. What
1: were they planning, Crane? How'd they get the toxin to the air? Scarecrow.
3: I do like the fact that they never really call anybody except Batman by their comic book name in the oh, movie. Oh, Bane, Bane. Well, Bane, but that's kind of his... He doesn't have another moniker.
0: Same with Joker. Well, they refer to Harvey Two-Face.
2: I get that. There's Scarecrow, J- too. You call him Scarecrow. I get man. that Joker and the Scarecrow are insane enough to give themselves that moniker. Whereas... You know, Bane is Bane. But Catwoman, you know, she she's not insane or anything. She'd have no need to call herself Catwoman.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, she, I, th- I think in the comments they did kind of call her that later on, like, the, the Catwoman. This is the part where I'm glad that she turned to a be Catwoman, because this was, like, really annoying. Like, Miranda, I'm sorry. Like, I, I was like, I don't need this crap. This is a nice turn.
2: I like how when we saw the police in the, uh, well, in the rubble, I guess, in all the time that, you know, Batman grew a, a, a nice beard, and then they were still clean-shaven.
1: <laughs> I also like how there's there's subtle hints to who Miranda is, where she says "do what's necessary," and he says "I won't forget you." She says, "I know we know what she actually means." Here's a callback to the the bunker. I should also say we have not mentioned yet. I'm really happy that we had the Batcave back because I didn't really like this in the Dark Knight. It, it kind of I thought this class with Batman's character to have a pitch white build a small building as a headquarters. I mean, I understand through the plot why he needed it, but the Batcave is. I never
2: explained how they got in and out of it though because there was that storage container which had like a padlock and chain on which Alfred opened, walked in and there's like an elevator in it but how does he lock it on the outside?
0: Well, and I think the reason that I don't mind it being a pitch white room is The Dark Knight is the movie where he had the most hope for himself and for Gotham. For him, that was... That was a really high point in his life. He thought he was going to get Rachel Dawes. He thought that Two Face was going to cl- um, no, Two Face Harvey Dent was going to clean up the streets. Things were going to be great. He was going to stop being Batman.
1: That makes some sort of a point. <laughs> Works well. Nice job, Robin. You should have had like a James Bond quip. Sorry to bump into you there. This guy gets a rolling in the deal. Boom.
2: He's not wearing a bulletproof vest, apparently.
3: I guess his name's Ross. <laughs> That's awful. I mean, you, you've been stuck in a sewer for <laughs> six oh, months, and you come out, and you get shot. I like the line,
1: who are you? That's pretty nice, considering. Oh, I should,
3: should have stayed in the sewer.
1: Batman's reentry here is is pretty cool. Although people question how, how do he have the time to to make this gigantic fire bat signal, but who cares? This is yeah. it not a year one with the the dope and the bat rings. Nice. Light it up. <laughs> awesome. I love the the gigantic crescendo that that has started already.
3: Uh yeah, I like how he can walk on the ice. Yeah,
1: because he's Batman. He has the bad ice skates.
3: Yeah, but that suit's got to weigh a couple
2: extra pounds, yeah.
1: right? <laughs> I
2: mean, he uses uh, ice bombs from Arkham City.
0: <laughs> oh yes, hmm. maybe I should fight with the cops. <laughs> oh, Batman's back. We're guaranteed to win. I'm in. I love how Ben's like, "How the hell did he do that?" <laughs>
1: He'll make, her for him. He'll make her his bride.
3: There's his mouth open again.
0: That's all I'm going to see from now on.
1: <laughs> As opposed to his eye warts.
0: Eye
4: warts?
1: Don't bring a, that up. A mole? Yeah, the, the thing is like, like, on the edge of his nose at the top. Oh, okay, that I'm fine with. That guy
2: there was just holding a gun to... Is he from Stargate? That's what I was going to say. Bam.
1: Nice. Nice. The fighting's gotten so much better, so much clearer to see.
2: I love that how he sort of looks around afterwards It's like, have I got them all? Really? That was easy.
0: Seriously, kid, you couldn't handle this.
1: They are kind of hitting the Robin thing on the nose a lot, you know, if you're wear- working alone, wear a mask. Like, I remember in the theater, I was thinking, this is stuff you would say to Robin. But, uh, I still... We'll, we'll get we'll get to it when we get to that scene. What was that supposed to do?
3: I like this. Got anything stronger? Whatever he says.
1: <laughs> yes, I do!
3: <laughs> I only use guns
2: when it's appropriate. <laughs>
1: No, he the plot demands.
3: I just don't know why he gave him the little bomb in the first place.
1: Yeah, that's what I yeah. was we asking. Maybe he, he didn't mean for him to actually throw it.
4: <laughs> yeah. It's it. supposed it was to be a, a souvenir. Jerk! <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you know.
2: Here, mom, look what I got. What does it do? Bleep. Oh, sh**. <laughs> 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 Cut a fire and throw.
3: Well, we know he hands out technology to kids as gifts. I love how
1: the I, yeah he does. I didn't like that. I love how he zooms, the camera zooms into his open mouth for yeah. Joe.
3: <laughs> the
1: bat and the cats and the penguin. I like how she sh- sachets. You try walking in heels, Don. Actually, I have, and I can't see how women do it.
2: Is everyone gearing up for the uh, TNA?
1: Well, let me look down, and I will see.
2: This was quite the spectacle in IMAX. I remember that.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. This might be my favorite Catwoman scene right here. Like her facial expressions interacting. Like, right, it starts right here. Like, she almost cries.
3: She has a good point, too.
1: Oh, and Hathaway. I want to see Live Miserable. I'm not seeing it yet as of this recording, so. I think she is. Isn't she nominated for uh, something for that?
2: Best supporting actress. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I heard she's only in it for like two minutes, so. She, she well, yeah, be she
0: plays Fontaine.
1: Everyone knows who Fontaine is. Of course, they do. I don't. Oh.
3: <laughs> Spoiler alert! Everybody in that movie is gonna die.
1: Hey, it's a Gillian March drawing. <laughs> <laughs> America. I love how, like, mo- the majority of the cops are, like, a- out of a shape guys with no guns. It's like, it's like, the cops really did suck all these years.
0: Yeah, see, he just shows up, dressed blues.
2: Funny <laughs> if you saw that instead of walking backwards. <laughs> this is a bad idea.
3: <laughs> I forgot what this we were doing. At- I mean, they've got three tanks and machine guns and you guys got sticks. This is, you know.
0: Not really a fair fight? Yeah kind of been the theme of the movie.
3: (laughs) Exactly.
1: Her mouse ears sometimes it looks like. They're slowly walking forward. Open file. He's almost crying, Matthew Modine.
3: Oh, he's at the front. He knows his fate at this point. You know?
1: He read the script. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have Batman on our side.
4: Let's get him, guys.
1: And they all like, all the guys at the front get shot down <laughs> in hilarious fashion.
2: That's like, clamber over their own dead to get to them.
1: <laughs> Ta-dao. <laughs> this is some somewhat pathetic in some respects.
2: It's okay. Where did that smoke bomb come from? It looks like someone from the like offset just officer rolling they rolling through it. it. Associate producer number 3. This is
3: an eye contribution.
1: And then Christian Bell yelled at him. <laughs>
4: <No>. <laughs> what are you doing?
1: That's it. This time the jacket comes off. Batman's like, "Where's Bane?" And there's a moment of Mortal Combat confrontation.
2: I see for all of the really good writing in this, I think uh, it all gets ruined this one <laughs> bit of dialogue.
1: It's a bit corny. Came back to die with your city. Oh. <laughs> a little bit like. <laughs> well really? done. Is that all you say? But. At the same time, that is the character, so it's, it's rather it's rather stated and you know plain matter of factly. So, but I understand it it is sort of like a the air out of the balloon. But he does have a great uh, callback to a line later on, so he he makes up for it in my opinion.
2: I've never had an opportunity to do that in my life.
1: When someone says to you, "So Joe, you came back to die with your city." <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, using, yeah, wow. <laughs>
1: I assume that's what you're talking about.
2: As in uh, using someone's own words against them in some oh, yeah. amazing revenge.
1: We, we have opportunity all the time during the comic cast with all the crap we say. These are the, the Newsboy Legion from the Superman comics.
3: When they And, the, and it's kind of sad that Blake's plan to save these orphans fails so miserably until he gets bailed out yeah no thanks to the cops
2: (laughs) bailed out
1: if there's a leftist message in this he probably said all cops blow yeah
3: i mean i guess that's supposed to be the whole point of this is his you know like you touched on earlier donovan about you know why he doesn't want to be a cop anymore but i mean he just miserably does an awful job of getting these kids out of the city
0: and gets the last remaining
1: bridge blown yeah i mean i go batman runs up and poses for the fight People also criticize the fact that, like, Batman's plan was to fight Bane again.
3: Well, and also, like, when when Bane and Batman are fighting, you can't tell me one of these cops fighting wouldn't just walk up and hit Bane in the back of the head with something.
1: Or shoot Bane in the, in the eyes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Got it. You know?
1: Nice. See, th- like, I think this is really good fighting. It's It's visible. It's intense. It's well choreographed and
2: <laughs> I like this it's like oh, wait I've got an idea punch him in the <laughs> mouth why didn't I think of this before
1: that man told me I love this this is actually leading up to like one of the more most notorious moments of the trilogy and one of my favorite moments in the movie <laughs> so
0: Bane beating the crap out of a pillar well yeah, I, did, and I like that cause God, that's, I love that's, that It's like a super speed it's
3: yeah
2: nice. uh, yeah how sort of frantic he gets in his pain yeah. I guess
3: oh here we go I'm getting excited yeah. I mean not just one punch but two you know
0: Well, and shatters a good portion of it. Sure you can. Spartacus.
2: Although it doesn't appear shattered anymore. Here um,
0: we go, here we go. I love it. Bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here we go.
2: This is a bit where I just, I knew it was like, oh, this is gonna happen.
1: (laughs) Oh, excuse me, I'm gonna laugh. (laughs) It's frisking him. Watch, watch his fist.
3: (laughs) <laughs> oh, I've God. never noticed that.
1: Oh, this is my favorite part of the movie. Besides the ending.
2: Checking you for weapons.
4: In. It's
1: awesome. amazing
2: how he couldn't pronounce all his words without closing his lips.
1: God, I never noticed it last night, and then I rewind it like a hundred times. Like, he poses his fist, like, why I oughta <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff.
2: He can't pronounce any T's or P's, can he?
1: Where's the trigger? But the guy and the kid and
0: you He's making duck lips.
1: And he's duck facing. Yeah. <laughs> he's already done that. He's done that since uh, the second movie.
0: Yeah, but this is the first time I've noticed it. And his now... face is
1: actually really funny See? in this scene. Ooh, that hurts. <laughs> 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 he doesn't like this actually is rather bad, his faces. He's like <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it, it, it's the perfect twist. Talk about twisting the knife. You exactly.
1: Know? That's, that's, to me, this is like the Grant Morrison, Talia, where she's actually worth a damn and like really evil and intense.
3: I love her
0: crazy eyes.
1: Me oh, too. yeah. She's got great crazy eyes. It's like Chris Burnham drawing.
0: Well, <laughs> like on the hot crazy scale, she is towing the line perfectly. Oh, yes. I grabbed my brother's
1: arm when she said Talia. I was like, dude, no way. And he was
4: like,
1: <laughs> no crap, Donovan. People say that like they don't like the fact that ideally Bane was Cal's henchman the entire movie. I don't. I know. think we talked about this before. I don't really agree that was the case. He wasn't a henchman.
0: No. He, he was no, a more partner, like... a co-conspirator. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, at the very least, he'd be more like a, a chief lieutenant or something. He's definitely not a henchman. I don't.
2: Him. I think it kind of makes it seem though that Talia was the brains behind the whole thing when, throughout the rest of the film, it's kind of played up that. Bane is the intelligent character that he should be and then I feel that it kind of
1: well we see Bane make his own decisions right at the end. we see him make his own decisions in how to do things so it's not like I, Yeah. I like how it looks like Chris, uh, uh, Rachel Gould's trying to find the bathroom and then he just finds this guy he's like oh crap
3: he's <laughs> trying to find the bathroom huh? I like that
1: I also like the college humor version of this scene <laughs> I won't say much about it because it's not for children's years but it's pretty funny this is also, you know, I, when I first saw this, I, I thought that she was actually doing a bad job because there's a lot of exposition, but I think she's doing great now. Even though it is rather supervillainish.
3: But that's okay, she's a supervillain.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
3: And this is a comic book movie. <laughs> Christian Bale!
2: <laughs> We're well, supposed feel sorry for Bane though, aren't we?
1: <laughs> and we can't. I do.
2: You're a girl.
1: Oh, oh what? You're the same yeah, man I'm... from the bookstore, aren't you? <laughs> Pardon? Joe is...
0: Yeah, oh, pretty oh, much. Actually, oh. I thought I recognized the voice,
2: but... <laughs> Flew fingers. all the way to Canada just to insult you.
0: <laughs> just to insult my intelligence at, at two different bookstores. That's a good line.
1: And it's a strong word to talk about. I like
0: how they
1: nonchalantly, okay, let's strangle him now. <laughs> and Christian Bale's like... Ah. <laughs>
2: well, torturing him didn't work. Might as well just...
1: <laughs> I know. Stab him and strangle him slips in. I did think I was like, "Oh crap!" He's got gonna blow up because you know. This is really nice dialogue.
3: <laughs> his mouth is still open. <laughs> it, it is cool.
1: <laughs> awesome.
3: He's never gonna close it.
1: And I don't like when he says "please." I think that's out of character, but whatever.
3: I like this too because Batman's the one that's helpless, and Gordon's the one being the quote-unquote action hero.
1: Exactly. She's owning him.
3: And the knife is still in his stomach. That's just awful.
1: I, I imagine Batman's like, ha ha.
2: It's kind of a callback <laughs> to Dark Knight, though, isn't it? Where Joker, oh, the Joker uh, bomb then. doesn't go off for Joker.
1: <laughs> He's still in pain. He's like, I win. Oh, the knife's still in my body. I like the scene with, with uh Blake and the the, the scene coming up exploiting the Nick. children. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> you would somebody, blow up this
3: bridge with children standing on it, would you?
4: please think of the children.
3: I like the fact the military is taking the time to paint red X's on the bridge, too.
0: They're, you know. Well, they're denoting no man's land.
1: Yeah. Helpful to the end. It's see that, you know, like he has guts too. Like he really does. I mean, we've seen that all throughout the movie, but he's willing to give his life on the line. Oh, yeah. I think he comes across as a super strong character. Absolutely. Movie. That's a nice line. And she says, don't kill him. And then Bang's like, you know, thought about it. Didn't work for me.
0: Yeah, I'm going to
3: have to now. Yes. He's a contrarian.
1: He's like crying, he's like goodbye, Taya. All right, let's get back to killing you because I really didn't like what you when you messed up my mask. Yeah, he, he's like you're toast.
2: No Wait, bird. Where did that gun come from? He had a pistol and now it's a machine gun.
1: Uh, he he put a cheat code in it and it came out just like in Halo. <laughs>
2: and now he's dead. No.
1: Yeah, this is—he was really supposed to be run over by the Batmobile, but. <laughs> Bane's awesome in this.
2: Do you think because there was no reaction by Christian Bale, in? well, I mean, the most anticlimactic death in all of cinema. Maybe, but do you think because there was no reaction there that Bane didn't actually say anything and they just ADR the voice afterwards?
1: Well, I think that like he was actually talking, but they ADR'd it anyway, so it'd be audible, audible for the movies or audible for the audience. Just
2: because saying that, like, I'm gonna kill you, and Batman's just standing there looking at, like, I can't believe the, the girl that I
1: slept with was evil. That's all he can care about.
3: I love the Catwoman line there, though. That's got to be my favorite line in the movie.
1: Or the gun line. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's
2: a great gun liner.
1: That's a nice out for the <laughs> Oh, Joe puns. This will be the least popular commentary
2: because. of
3: There is a lot of tumblers, too. I mean, they made a lot of them. For, for delicious. I
2: I never really noticed it before, but when Batman was talking to Catwoman then, because he's worn out and he's just been stabbed, he wasn't really using the voice as much as he normally does. I was gonna say that. He's He's still kind of panting.
1: I actually think the cop that like Blaze talking to is a good actor too, because he looks really desperate and like
0: afraid. Like, I do not want to do this. Exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, Blake's, Blake's line there must be the mo- maybe the most honest line in any movie. Please do not shoot me. You
1: know <laughs> Exactly. I really don't want to die. <laughs>
3: yeah. I'm coming across. Please don't shoot me.
0: No! Well, and based on what they know about the bomb, if he comes any closer, they're going to die too. He doesn't want him crossing. He doesn't want to have to kill him, but he's going to.
1: People people accuse the Bat of having guns. I think it's just explosive shells or whatever that any Batmobile would have. So, your, your, your mileage may vary. I don't think that it's any different than what he's already established as not got. <laughs>
2: you're cute. It'd be funny if you just went, Rubber bullets, honest.
1: Oh, I would have marked out.
2: <laughs> or would it be more like, Oh,
1: you're cute. We get into Robodeck territory later on with like the, the heat seeking missiles. We're just like doing dosy dos around the, around the skyline. The Kettleman actually doesn't kill these guys. Like they kind of fly back in a way in which they could survive. Yeah, that, we're gonna look <laughs> crazy with the, the bat pod in a minute.
3: Oh yeah, she's, she's quite an accomplished driver of this thing considering she just got on it about 25 minutes ago.
1: Yeah, so here we go. This is like the big video game sequence. Watch me run.
2: The bat does look so CGI that's another problem I have with it.
1: It's it clear. It's clearly CGI. yeah. Because usually the CGI in these movies are actually is actually really good. Like I don't really notice much of anything. Like the bats in Batman Begins or Two Face, but
2: yeah. But this is just so...
1: I mean, I don't think it looks bad, but, like, it's clearly not an actual vehicle flying.
0: I've definitely seen worse.
1: Yeah. It's not Transformers.
0: (laughs) Um, Ironhide, evade
1: the missiles! I do wonder when he had, had time to get a pilot's license, but, hey, it's been eight years. Well, also, he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I mean, Batman's always somehow learn how to fly everything, hey, so...
2: it's a comic book movie.
1: <laughs> You're making me sound rather stupid. Is this a comic book movie? No, it's realistic! Derpa, derpa, derpa! <laughs> Can't you see the realism of the man in the Batman cape?
2: With the flying hovercraft? It is... Uh, it has to be I mean, Chris Nolan did say that's what he was going for, though. But I think this, out of all of them, is probably the most... Far wacky. out there, I think he wanted to probably do something different to the Dark Knight to so it Stretch wasn't judged it. on it as much.
1: I, I I get the feeling that Chris Nolan always wants to do a movie differently each time and not want to repeat himself because Batman Begins and Dark Knight are different. I, th- I think this is different enough. I think obviously there's a lot of Batman Begins in this, but I think that like he didn't want to like repeat himself so much. So he kind of went for the more comic booky tropes.
0: Well, didn't he initially not even want to do the Dark Knight like? I've told my Batman story and that's that, but then it was so successful that they were like, no, you're making another one. That's cute that you think you're not.
1: I thought it was. I heard that he kind of wanted to try his hand at the Joker, but he, I, he's not a comic book fan inherently, so I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, worst death ever.
3: That's just I, awful way to go, isn't it? I mean, really?
1: I, I told the line whether this is good acting or bad acting. Terrible. The way she di- the way she dies though, it's rather sad. She just kind of just shuts her eyes like, and now I'm dead. This is a rather unsightly image of Morgan Freeman's head coming up.
3: Oh no. <laughs> it's a good thing we put this ladder in though.
1: i have to take the time out to listen to her final words.
3: And is it odd too that at this point? Everybody that we're seeing but Commissioner Gordon knows that Batman's Bruce Wayne?
1: Is this is a movie where every main character that's that's built in the title knows he's Batman, but it's the last Batman movie, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's a little hammy, but whatever.
0: Pardon? <laughs> John Golden all over again. Oh, hell no. <laughs>
1: Yes, this is nice.
2: I like the idea of Batman uh, when he's in a uh, sports and a physical, when Raish is talking to him. If he just went, Hey, I slept with your daughter.
1: <laughs> this is a great line. Oh, man. The music, like, that was, I was, they got me. I was like, oh, man. And the music goes away, and the sound effects stop.
2: He's just like, wait, he's the Riddler? <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait a <are you> <laughs> Bruce Wayne. You peaked. I won't have vigilantism in my town. He
2: flies back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, drop the acid bomb and smash it on the floor. Bruce aspire. Wayne, what? why
1: are you dressed as Batman? Catwoman says, because he is Batman, you moron.
2: <laughs> I don't get it.
1: It comes to sixty show homage because we say it in every commentary. We got to say it here because it, this, this is, I think, the biggest uh, reference to it.
0: Getting rid of the bomb. Hell
1: yeah! <laughs> in the most extravagant way possible.
0: <laughs> I just don't understand how it hasn't gone off already. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb.
2: It's true. It's the uh, scene that we all know John Roach loves so much.
1: <laughs> I assume that he doesn't. Oh. What, like this scene right here? So angry. Uh, why?
2: Because he's got a good point in that I believe it's the blast radius of the bomb is seven, seven Six miles. miles. Seven miles.
1: Oh, so how miles. does it get out there that far?
2: Oh, no, not that. But That's just the blast radius. What about the fallout?
1: Final image of the mouth being open.
2: <laughs> what about oh he closes it. That's oh oh that was that was amazing. <laughs> but no, I mean radiated water, there'll be that's just a blast radius, so there'd still be like toxic children. All of those orphans <laughs> are gonna get mutated or die. Jesus Christ. It's, it's like a comic all book. Over again.
0: stop using Also it's a comic movie, they'll just get superpowers. It's fine. Yeah.
2: This is how Killer Croc is born. He's a swit. He's an actual <laughs> crocodile. No, it,
0: he has
1: a point. It's stupid. <laughs> Way to ruin everything. Oh, I love that look on his face. Like, oh no, Batman, Batman, right here, old chum. Holy heart attack.
2: If this was a Schumacher film, that explosion would have been like a giant bat symbol in the air.
1: You would have, yeah, <laughs> like, a like giant a door. flaming bat symbol. This this uh bit of music here is a. Uh, is uh, I think it's called "Rise" from the soundtrack, and it's my favorite, my personal favorite song from the from the album. is it's excellent. It's like six minutes long. I what do, you, what do you guys think about this ending that we started here?
2: There's about three endings on this.
1: Yeah, no.
0: I, I I love it. What do you guys think? I tear up. I'm tearing up right now. Oh, I think.
2: I like off of the endings.
1: I think this is a very wholesome uh, way to end Batman with Gordon reading this. I guess the tale two cities. It's very fitting.
3: I, I love all the ending. To be honest with you, there's not even the the parts we got we get to see on the screen. I I like the ending total, and I love the very last scene of it with the setup of Blake.
1: This scene nearly had me crying. I'm not I'm not a man who cries at at uh, uh, movies, but this scene nearly got me with Michael Caine blubbering.
2: We tend to do a very terrible Michael Caine impression now.
1: Don't let us stop you. Come on. I'm alright. <laughs> oh, God, I can. <laughs> oh man. And I like the idea that Batman's funeral has very few people, like just like in Final Crisis.
4: Just a
3: couple people hanging out. I need a
1: name: Batboy, Nightwing. I don't know. What's your think What's a good superhero name? Uh, I love Gordon's final line. They know. Oh, how can you resist? How can you not love this?
2: Oh, I, no, I, I, I like this. Th- I do like this. It's very good.
1: This, this is this I love the look on his face. I love that. That's... I don't know what he's actually feeling, but that's a great look on Gordon's face. I actually wouldn't mind if that was the last time we saw him.
3: Yeah, I think the ending is pretty perfect i mean i don't it's a great wrap-up
1: the music's so excellent
3: oh here comes the big name reveal i think that j stands for jarvis
1: (laughs) Uh, i suppose so josh said that that's that that's not his actual middle name but who cares
4: yeah
0: Well, I don't understand completely why he was at the reading of a will. Cuz he was invited. <laughs> Is that something you're invited to? Yeah, you are. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, if, you're you're legally
3: invited sense. to do
1: that. Yeah, you're, you're legally obligated to do that.
3: Yeah, if, if you're
2: named especially if if the uh, uh, here we go. I fit down out a bit in angle. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, now here we go. That my initial reaction was you did not just I said this on the special. They did not just do that cuz it's so ridiculous, but Immediately afterward that kind of washed over. It's like they said Robin in a Nolan movie. That's pretty awesome. So ultimately I, I really love it.
2: But it's not Nolan. No, it's not Robin in a Nolan movie. It's not I don't like it at all. I would have See, yeah. much it might have been a bit too on the nose or something, but I would have much rather they called him like Terry McGuinness or something.
1: Terry McGinnis wouldn't have worked for me, honestly. That that's a totally different thing. But that's that's, that's my take.
3: See, I like it. I think it's it's Nolan. I think Nolan did Robin, quote unquote, as John Blake, and that was Nolan just hitting you in the face for anyone who didn't get it.
1: I mean, so many people said, like, you know, and I don't know if he actually said this that like he would never use Robin in the movies. Yes, but to me, this this, this is like, you know, again, I said this before. Like, this is sort of like an understanding of like the whole Batman story, and I think that, like, honestly, whether you like the ca- the character or not, Robin is uh, an un- an irreplaceable part of that story that kind of needs to be included in some aspect. And I think that like Joseph Gordon-Levitt is actually is a really good, the way they did Robin here, you know, pro, you know, proverbially, works well. I mean, he looks he looks like he'd be a great Robin. So,
0: with and with the music and everything, him going to the cave, I I love it. I really do. I like the shock on his face when the platform starts rising underneath him. That signals fixed for some reason. <laughs> so that that to me says like he he could always come
1: back. So it's not a total ending, but it's enough of an ending. And Gordon's excitement, oh, I love this.
2: Suit. But here again I think it would have been so cool to have the bats symbol, like the bat suit rising out and then have like a red bat insignia on it or something.
1: Where's Waldo? There he is. <laughs> Batman.
2: And that seems cool. I like, I like that again, you him. almost don't need to see Bruce and Selina she right. just had Michael Caine's nod.
1: I look at the camera. No, yeah. I agree, but I like it. Now. I like that he ended up with Selina. We wouldn't have gotten that. I like that she's wearing the pearls. Exactly. It's great. It's very earth too. My back is hurting. Time to wrap this up.
3: <laughs> I li- I like that after all of this, we actually get a happy ending. I we agree. really do.
1: I agree. It's it's. He said he was going to end the franchise, and he did. And I've heard I've heard people say that you never end a Batman movie so f- with such finality. But I mean, this isn't like most comic movies where like I mean, comic movies change things all the time. So you, I don't I don't think it's right to say that you can't actually end the story. It's perfectly within your, if you're gonna change, you know, the characters in any movie, you can change the story. Fine. As long as it's, as long as it speaks to the character true enough.
3: Well, yeah, and, and, and the reality is that we know that they're gonna make more Batman movies.
1: I mean, just, it's gonna happen. Yeah, don't, don't, don't kid yourself to think that, I mean, I would imagine, I would suggest they don't do it for another decade, but obviously that's not gonna happen. Yeah. So, uh, so we're the credits now, um, edited by Lee Smith A.C.E. Uh, final thoughts on The Dark Knight Rises, the final movie in the uh, Christian no- Chris Nolan, Christian Bale triumvirate of modern Batman movies. And I'll start with uh, Joe, as I did earlier.
2: Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it in terms of the trilogy. I do like the film, though. Um, I went into it not expecting too much. I, I tried not to get my hopes up or or going with with an overly negative view, and I came out very happy with it. There are bits that are uh, not so happy with, but on the whole, I I do like it. I like the fact that it's more comic booky than the Dark Knight. Um, I I still feel with all of his films that uh, apart from the first, apart from the Scarecrow, you could probably just name the villains anything, and it's it's kind of like a Batman skin on a Chris Nolan movie, but it's, are all good films. So I, I liked it a lot.
1: So you're kind of against like the, the idea of grounding Batman this much generally.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think so. And I know you get annoyed with the uh whole realism thing, but I won't so say that again, but <laughs> I, I still think that he's a larger life character. I don't think that it works to try and ground him in that. And, if you have the world sort of as large as he is then it can work better and you're free, but at the same time I get that it's difficult to do in film. Um, I, I think for what it is like the world that it was, it's good. It's just, sometimes it's inconsistent. That's what bothers me more. Like I appreciate Batman in different contexts and different environments and, and uh, different presentations. Like I love the sixties show as much as I love the, you know, Tim Burton's and stuff, so I always see the comics as the true Batman, I guess, and then anything out of that, I always feel that the films are probably least linked to the actual continuity, but it's it's always interesting to see that you know on-screen, on a big-screen Batman, so I did enjoy it.
1: Melinda?
0: Um, I always enjoy watching these movies with you guys, because you bring up a lot of points that either I don't know, or I don't recognize that I know. Um so when I saw this the first time and I know during the special I railed against John Blake's character's real name being Robin. Um and the more I've watched it the you know, the more times I've watched it since then, the more I've realized, no, that is a decision I really like and I agree with what you had said about it during the special. Um when I went into it, I went into it with really high hopes because this, for me, really was going to be my first theatrical Batman experience, and aside from the Joel Shoemaker movie, the Christopher Nolan films are really the only ones that I know well. Um, I've seen the the 89 film, but I've only seen it one time. Um, so for me, this this universe is really important to me, because it it was there right as I was starting to get into Batman as a character and get into comics in general. So I was really pleased with how it turned out, with how they wrapped it up initially on watching it. In watching it this most recent time, the one thing that I realized was this Batman really isn't Batman because Batman does not stop. He does not stop being Batman. The only reason Bruce ever stops is because he dies. And twice in this trilogy, he's been willing to give up being Batman and I it kind of doesn't sit well with me and it kind of kind of made me upset at the end of this film because no he wouldn't just stop he has to be stopped a great movie but that to me was something that when I was thinking about it after I was like no I I don't like that
1: that changed for you over time, or was that, because I don't remember you mentioning that during the special. Was that something that kind of...
0: It changed for me over time, because it was something that I was really thinking about, like, so he just stopped being Batman, and then I was like, no, because that's the one thing about Batman, is he never gives up, and he never quits.
3: I think the biggest thing that, that struck me about this movie was how much it changed how, the, and when, I, when I've watched it multiple times. that The first time I saw the movie in the theater, I thought it was okay, but I thought it was paled in comparison to, to the Dark Knight, or even Batman Begins, for that matter. But now on my probably fourth or fifth wa- viewing of it, I have to say that the movie does seem to get better with me over time. The same thing, you know, Melinda talked about the Robin comment. and Other things in the movie that I thought I also didn't like, the first time I saw it, have kind of, you know, grown on me through it. But I think it's a it's a good conclusion to the Batman trilogy by Nolan. I'm really glad he avoided the let's do something and get Kill, kill Bruce, kill Selena, kill Alfred, and, and kind of do that dramatic fashion that we did get the happy ending and we did get kind of a nice bow put on the top. And it's still open ended enough that we could possibly see some of the characters down the line in some of their DC movies. So at the end of the day, um, I really like the movie.
1: When I went to this, you know, I was excited because, you know, it was, if, if nothing else, it was Batman and I was wanting to see how this was going. A lot of people were saying this wasn't going to match up to the Dark Knight the dark knight and um I don't think it does but I never wanted it to I wanted it to be a, a basically good movie I didn't want it to just I didn't want it to see the X-Men 3 version of these Batman movies and I don't think I did negatives I mean I think this is the weakest out of the trilogy but that is not saying very much I think that the middle parts when Batman's taken out I mean I don't mind that Batman's taken out but I think that those parts that where he's not there do drag in the middle I think the the first act is awesome and the third act is pretty good. People have sort of like this idea that like in the original Star Wars trilogy, the first one's really enjoyable. Empire Strikes Back is the best and Return of the Jedi is the weakest. I think that this sort of like matches that. But at the same time, it's still a really good movie. And the reason I think it's a good movie is that I think I, I just really enjoy what this film series has to say on the character. I agree with Melinda that it's not a character for Batman to quit. For most circumstances, I mean, I actually really hated it when he did in Dark Knight for five minutes. I, I, in the theater, I just despised the movie when, <laughs> when that happened. But, uh, I think, I mean, I think you can argue that D- different circumstances lead to different consequences. And obviously, this isn't actually the comic book character, but I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter that much to me because what this film series got across to its audience is the, who, the, who Batman is as a character, as a concept, and as, you know, as a story. And I don't think that like I think this is why I think these movies are really good at the end of the day. Yes, you can say that, you know, they're more believable than most other comic movies and the actor acting is top notch, which it is. And I think that people have a a problem with it because of that. But at the end of the day, more so than the Burton and Schumacher movies, which I have mixed feelings on. I feel as though if you want to know how Batman is or what he's like or what drives him and why he's so cool. Go to these movies. I think these are great introductory movies introductory movies for people who want to learn Batman without reading the comic books and putting the work like we did. And uh, that's kind of what I want out of comic book movies in general. I kind of want them to truthfully and honestly translate what's great about the characters and what's true about the characters. You know, without, with, with some certain details translated, but not every detail translated. And I think that, like, this movie does well. I think the changes are... For the most part, nebulous. I think that like the worst part about it is that at as some aspects, that could have had things translate, like you know the names, and you know, but that's again that's that's a very minor complaint. And generally, I think that like whether Batman continues or not, I mean, I think that the way they did Batman and Alfred and Gordon and Robin and the villains was damn near. I mean, if it wasn't perfect, it was damn near perfect to me. I really, I really, I truly believe that. I can't think of any. Other comic movie that gets it this close across the board than these three movies. And I think that rises, faults included, achieves that uh, wholeheartedly. Um, as an ending to the series, I think it works fine. As a movie itself, I think it works fine. Those I kind of, I kind of grade those on different scales. And uh, I mean, I walked, out, I walked out of the theater really, really enjoyed. I mean, I wasn't, I, I, I kind of knew how it was, but I, I, I didn't mind because it was, it was fun. It was Batman and. I thought it, it, was, it was really successful in what it was trying to do. And I pray to God that they don't try to continue this because I am actually relieved that this is over. So that those were our thoughts. Final grades out of five Batarangs. What would we want to give this movie starting with Joe?
2: Um, I didn't really actually think about this. I guess looking at it critically, there's a lot of things that you could pick apart and. It's riddled with plot holes, but I think when you're in the moment and watching the film, it's really enjoyable. It drags occasionally in some points, but for the most part, it's a fun, exciting film. I think I'll, I'll give it four out of five batterings.
0: So looking at it as a film and as the final part of a trilogy, it wrapped everything up. It was extremely well done. And, you know, certain issues aside, because they fit within the context of this universe, I'm gonna say four and a half out of five. Batarangs.
3: I I am thinking for you know what. A, I hate to hit on a refrain that we've hit on the entire the entire podcast, but you know, it about the mouth it, being it, open? Well, that, that too, but it's a comic book movie, you know. And if you look at it in, 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 in that viewpoint, yes, there is plot holes, like everyone else has said, but. They really don't don't bother me that much. It's well-written, it's well-directed, it's well-acted, and I give it 4.5 out of 5 batterings.
1: I was leaning towards a 4 because of my enjoyment level compared to the other two movies. Batman Begins is my favorite because I think it's the most wall-to-wall Batman-like out of the movies. I mean, there's not a moment in that movie where I can't just like, I won't be grinning. And The Dark Knight is a lot more of a complex film that kind of, upon reflection, realized how much I enjoyed it or whatever. I actually think it's a better movie, but the, the best movie out of the three, but in terms of enjoyability, it, it rides, it rides that line. It's kind of hard for this one. It's the longest. It drags a lot for me in the middle, but I said drags a lot. I don't know. I was leaning towards a four, but considering what I, I kind of feel how it does the character justice, how they put Robin in there for better or worse. And essentially what they said about the Bruce Wayne character. I, I'm i I'm going to give it a four and a half because I think Batman Begins and Dark Knight are straight up fives across the board. So this is like a four and a half, probably closer to a four, but for what it does well, I'll give it a four and a half out of five Batarangs. And that is our thoughts and commentary on The Dark Knight Rises, the final Batman movie directed by Christopher Nolan. What, a <laughs> And you'll never see them again. So, that is us. You can find more commentaries on the Batman Universe Commentaries feed on iTunes. Stay tuned for more commentaries for more movies coming out. As of this recording, The Dark Knight Returns has not come out yet, but it's coming out very soon, and there will be a commentary on that. Please visit the website, and until next time, this is Donovan. This is John. And this is Melinda. And this is Ed. You've been watching The Dark Knight Rises with the Batman Universe Commentaries. We will see you guys next time at the movies. Take care.
2: Bye.
1: Bye,
0: everybody. Bye-bye. trigger? <laughs> warn a girl next time. You gotta
3: warn me before you do that.